Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Test at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Monday the 4th of April. We've got Tony Kemp and we've got Ricardo Ball in the house with myself, Izzy Dag. I'm back. Had a wee little, uh, a wee little break. We'll touch on that very, very shortly, but I'm back and uh, ready to rip into uh, days of sport because the weekend was at it all. You we weren't, you weren't impressed, with, impressed with what was going on on the weekend. Well, how we? There was lots happening, not only in the sporting world, but racing as well. Over in Australia and at Arwapuni and Avondale on the weekend. We'll rip into that very shortly. We've got a good show for you today. Lots and lots of guests. Today we're going to talk about the cricket. The ICC Cricket World Cup has come to an end with Australia dominating from the outset. Laura McGoldrick, well, she was there from start to finish, doing a great job presenting uh, the ICC Cricket World Cup. And she's going to come on the show and just... Break it, down, break it on down and just really share her experiences of the whole event and uh, talk about, well, Australia's emphatic win in the end, dominating here in Christchurch. And what a day it was, too, to put on the event like that and have the weather that Christchurch Ototahi was able to hold. Um, it was awesome to see. So we're going to have Laura McGoldrick on the show at uh, 7 o'clock. And then after that, we heard it from Aroha in the news. Our man, back-to-back, Paul Coles winning back-to-back British Opens. Dominating style, straight games, three love. And uh, we're going to try and get Colsey on the show in the 7 o'clock hour. Um, he's quite busy at the moment, which is fair enough. He's just won the British Open. And uh, we want to get him on the show. He's always finding time for us here. Uh, we love championing him and, and getting him up and about. And he's always a great get for us. So Colsey will come on the show when he can in the 7 o'clock hour. And then just after 8 o'clock, Sunday Arvo Rugby. Who's a fan? Who loves it? 
me. I absolutely love it. That was good. There, yeah, the capital did not disappoint with the Chiefs edging out the Canes by one point. And there was a big talking point on our show on Friday. Matua Kempe talking about Julie Barrett playing 12 and would he be suited in the league game? Well, you saw for yourself. He 100% will. If you, you saw him, Kempe. I'm going to get you on right now. Kempe. You <laughs> saw how now. he throws his body yeah. at the defensive line, mate. Shoots out, puts on a hit, and gets back up. Mate, like, mate plenty of hair, plenty of crazy. head too. Plenty of Taranaki head from the coast. <laughs> He's um mm. he's a tough he tough kid mate he makes it in league I I can't wait um mm. getting Geordie Barrett on this morning to talk to him to say how close he was to signing for Sydney City because that's probably the only club that could afford him with a sombrero <laughs> that they've got as a cap um but mate yeah he can mate, if, if they're looking for someone to fill that second five eight for the All Blacks he just showed us dinner yesterday that he can do it. You must have been yeah, impressed, isn't it? You must have been. Oh, very, very impressed. I'm not surprised, though. I'm not surprised with Geordie. Like, he's an absolute freak of a talent. Anything he touches, mate, turns to gold. And he's just an ultimate competitor. And so I wasn't surprised that he can play 12. He played a lot as 12 at the age great group for, for New Zealand under-20s and, and performed extremely well there. He's got the defensive game that's, you know, unmatched. He's uh, tactically really sound. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't surprised. Look, I'm still unsure if that's... If that's his position, his favourite position, you know, like for me, I love seeing him out on the outside backs um, defensively with a fullback that can make, you know, covering tackles and defensively really sound. Um, it just works wonders for me. So, look, but that, that that's, like you, you spoke about it, there's, you've got David Harvey, you've got RTS, um, and now you've got Geordie Barrett that are three quality 12s. Um, what about Lester Fonuku? Oh, man, he's got to be there somewhere. He's Ricardo, got to, he's I know you're a fan of Leicester. I'm a big fan of Leicester, you know, but, and you've got, you know, you got um, Anton Leonard Brown as well. I mean, well, oh, the, the thing that worries me is he is, like, you got RTS, oh, I want to be a 12. You got Rico Ioane, I want to be a 13. <laughs> you got Geordie Barrett, I want to mm. be a 12. Why does nobody want to play 15 anymore, Izzy? Is, is, is your shadow <laughs> too big that no one else can live in it and they all need to shift position? Oh, probably because they've noticed that whoever's playing 13, they've got um, crowbars in their hands, mate, so the 15s aren't getting any ball. Um, you know, the ball's not getting out past Rico, I'll tell you that thing. That's so, oh, I, I don't know. Look, I, I think they know Geordie um, or Will Jordan. He's pretty much summed up, uh, sewing up one of those two positions out there, wing or fullback. Uh, yeah, I'm unsure. Look, that's the question. Is, is For me, I don't, I don't see – I'd rather see Rico on the outside. Mm. That's just me personally. I think we've got some nice quality centres at the moment that can fill that that void in, in that position. And, and Rico, for me, his speed and his ability to break open the game on the outside is, is second to none. So chucking him in the outside backs. But then you've got Leicester firing Nuku, and you touched on it, um, Kempi. Mate, he nearly went to league too. Nearly went to league. He was, he was like this close, apparently, can't have it Australia. So that's probably why they'll put him up. in the all-black team, is it? Because he'll go to league if, he do, if they don't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. But, um, yeah, we've got Geordie Barrett, lads, after 8 o'clock, which is... What a get. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, I messaged him and I said, mate, I know I've roomed with Geordie, sleeps all day, half man to get out of bed early. And I said to him, I said, oi, 8 o'clock. Enough sleeping, haha. And I said, eight oh five, set your alarm, or I'll drop you. 
Thanks, brother. <laughs> Rest up. <laughs> <laughs> and he messaged back. He goes, ha, yeah, I'll be up, boy. Laughing emoji. He goes, and then he messaged, you might have to give me a wee curfew, though. <laughs> so, so he's out and about, but um, hopefully he'll come on the show just after 8 o'clock. So how was your weekend? I was going to say, sorry, sorry just to jump in, but there was no, a story no, that he, he got offered an AFL contract before he signed his first big deal with the Canes, wasn't he? Uh, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, I know Bodie was pretty much um, nearly offered an AFL contract, and I'm pretty sure Geordie would have been there or thereabouts, mate. Just like we said earlier, they're just f- absolute freaks, eh? Freaks in nature. The way they just have that ball on the string, uh, just make it look effortless, you know, like... Jordy Barrett, he can bomb it from 60 metres, mate. He's got cannons right and left foot. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that would have been that would have been true, Ricardo. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll ask him about it when we get him on at 8 o'clock. But uh, good weekend. Is, how is the, how's the CAB account looking after the weekend? <sighs> nah, mate, she was horrible. She was a horrible week. I couldn't pick my nose, to be honest. <laughs> it was um, it was a tough one. Um, it just, yeah, it started with Regal Lion, um, J-Mac on Regal Lion and... Uh, over in Australia at Ramwick. I had that as my first leg, and Regal Line just never really got an opportunity. I saw it right next to Hitotsu, and I was thinking maybe if it just follows Hitotsu on the outside, give it a good chance. But um, he didn't follow Hitotsu, and Hitotsu went on the outside, and then J-Mac saw something that we couldn't see and, and went on the inside and, and just got caught behind him. Regal, Regal Line never really kicked on. So after that, I kind of was down and out because I'd been punting all day, and getting a hiding. And so I had two <laughs> multis left. And I thought, you know, this, these, these multis are they're good. I had uh, Regal Lion into Iron Thunderstruck for a, for a place. It came second. And then I had um, Nature Strip to win, which I rang Louis on Saturday morning. He said, nah, mate, we had Chris Waller on. No good, no good. Wet track, no good, won't win. I was like, oh, oh don't be like that, mate. <laughs> So I put on a, I put on another bet to save it, and then it won. And Louis said, "I hope you kept that bet." And I was like, "Yep, I did." He's got it talking you out of them. He's got it talking you out of them, Louis. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, we and then yeah, so I had those two, and then the multi fell apart with regular line. So tough old weekend on the punt, but that's okay. We'll rip into it a little bit later on. But you lads, Ricardo, how's your health, mate? You're good? Family's good? Yeah, family's good, mate. Family's good. I'm good. Um, they managed to dodge the plague, so that's all good. Uh, they've both had it, but I've, I've, I'm, I'm still touching wood, still free of it all, mate, so mm. that, that's good. But no, we had a we had a good weekend, um, and uh, daughter went to grandma's on Saturday, so we went out for boozy lunch and then kind of mm. kicked back home and caught up on some TV we hadn't seen for a while and carried it on, you know, just had a, just had a pretty chilled out, relaxed one actually, mate. Nice. And you, Kempi? I know, I know well, mate, I been messaging all weekend. Yeah, look, I couldn't find, I couldn't find a mate to save myself. Louis was, you know, Louis was talking it up all week, him and Kez and Joe about, you know, going out and shouting uncle a couple of beers and lo and behold, I should have known the, the council workers, they couldn't get off their shovels on Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they were stuck in a pothole and, and the stop go sign wouldn't go anywhere and uh, yeah I ended up having lunch with my daughter that was this, that was of the second cab off the rank and 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 caught the Warriors and the wonderful win they had on Saturday afternoon with my son so it was it ended up being what was meant to be a boozy day of betting and Louis just got a hiding I know he did 
um, ended up just being a family day for me. So, mate, and I did all right on the punt because, like I told you, on Friday, and I got yeah. a call Friday morning from Al Sharrick. He gave us the bully on Tavatak. So that yeah. was the get out of jail, but I didn't need to get out of jail because I also told you on line that Hotutsu would, would beat that regal line. Um, yeah. So they were really my two bets. I had a couple of Maldives that got knocked out right at the beginning when our, uh, our, our champion uh, dynastic ran off the track. I don't know where Opie was taken. I think Opie was taken for yeah. early lunch. Um, but yeah, the, that sort of fixed up the rest of the other other multis. I had two of them, but uh, the other two came in, so I was quite happy, mate. I was quite happy and real happy of the Warriors game. I, I think yeah. you know, what really surprising about that was the defence. Well, forget about the yeah. attack. You know, they scored twenty points, but they kept them to six points. The Broncos and they smashed them in defence. Payne mm. Huss was, um, I don't know. He he's obviously fighting. He'd be fighting last night. That came out, and then he's going to the integrity unit with having a scrap with. The young halfback, and um, he's not right. I think him looking for a contract elsewhere, he's got his mind on other things, so he was real quiet. But the way the wingers were, Cossie come in a couple of times and made some real big tackles um, to stop the outside. Farnsworth been on fire too for Broncos. Mm. And and um, I just thought, man, if their defence can be like that consistently throughout the year, mate, who knows? You know, they're two from four mm. at the moment, you know. The only thing I don't like is, and I said this to a bloke last night, you don't want a 50-50 record because it only gets you, you know, 12 wins and you need like 18 wins to get in the full. So um, let's hope that they can get on a roll. Yeah. Mate, they were very impressive. I thought I thought they were very, very – just that last 10 minutes as well, uh, Kempi, I just – I was a bit – you know, like how they were just kept trying to push the ball, you know, pushing opportunities instead of just completing their sets – Getting the ball down there, I thought um, Sean Johnson he played extremely well throughout the day, but I thought that, that last ten minutes they just got a bit wayward with trying to push things and just kind of kept the Broncos in the game, gave them a little sniff, kept giving them a little sniff. So we cut that out of their game, and then that'll go a long way for them to um, compete in that. And you brought up something about the wingers, man. I was talking to you on on the text machine over the weekend. It is a, a, something that really grates me about um, league wingers, and you've been a part of the league systems, you know, like. I know it's it's a defensive thing. When these wingers shoot out, when they shoot out of the line, and they, and they feel like they're gonna try and stop it. But you look at Corey Oates on the weekend; he shot out and made a horrible attempt um, to to stop the uh, the Warriors' attack. So I think it was Reese Walsh steps in and kind of just gets around and then hits it out wide to um, the centre, and he scores on the outside. So for a winger, what's their systems, mate? Are, are they are they given are they given free license to shoot out and, and make the decision to stop it, or is there a system? If there is a system, what is that system, mate, please? I, I reckon I remember in nineteen eighty. I nineteen eighty nine, mate. Anthony Butterfield, he played Stan Rogers, probably one of the best front rowers, pound for pound, I've ever played with. He was ninety two kilos, and played front row mm. back in the back in the wow. early nineties, mate. And he would smash people, mate, and get smashed. He was just butts. He was he was he was a pig, mate. He was just one of those players <laughs> that you'd you'd never ever forget about. I remember a comment he made at one of the training sessions, and he just went, you know, effing wingers. Why do we need them? You know what I mean? Because he used to put so much he used to put so much effort in the middle of the park that the wingers would either drop a ball on a kick return on the first tackle, or bring it out and drop a ball, or make a make a silly defensive decision like that. Like I said the other, the other night about wingers, mate, defensive defensive um, ability is only as good as your attitude and your system. And if you stick to mm. your system, which you see Melbourne, for instance, last night, you know, 44-0, they're, 
their defensive system was on fire. Everyone was working together. The wingers weren't panicking. What you get with the Corey Oates decision, or the Cossie comes in and he makes those tackles, because that's what you have to do if you mm. if you you miss those those tackles. Brisbane go on and score. Um, wingers, yeah. mate, they're on a different planet. Seriously. Mm. You can talk to the cows come home. You think that you, you honestly, you think the dumbest poke on a, on a football field is a front row, don't you? But they're not. They're wingers. Yeah. Seriously, in, in rugby league, and that's but, what you see. You see that Corey Oates coming in for the shot, um, mate. And mm. I'll, 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 t- I'll give you a tip here. That Jesse Arthur's mate, he's the new Nigel Wagner. Seriously, wow. they should move him to five eight sooner rather than later. The kid's got speed to burn, and he's actually got good. Um, Good ball skills, you know what I mean, and I think he's a five eight in waiting. Seriously, mm. but he, I looked, I watched him last okay. night, going, man, Nigel Wagner has just been reborn. Oh. He's not even dead yet. Bang, it's great. No, but I mean, on a football field, it's yeah. like it's like watching <laughs> Nigel Wagner again. Like the two tries he scored on the weekend, I was swore I was watching Nigel again. Mm. You, you, what well, does that, that say, too, Kempy, about the Broncos? Because they let Reese Walsh go because he wasn't good enough, right? They, how many players have they let go that aren't good enough? Jesse Arthurs is at the Warriors on loan from the Broncos because he had no, they didn't have a place for him. Is it, is it another one that you know could be? Because everything I've heard is the Warriors are looking at Jesse Arthurs. It's a loan, but it's a loan to look. We Mate, might I'd take sign this guy Je- I would sign next year. I would sign. I was speaking to you, Ricardo, about. I would sign Jesse Arthurs today. You know what I mean? He's he's what you see with him at the moment is you see a maturing kid. It's like a it's like a um, four year old stallion, mate. He's going out in the paddock next year, and he's going to come back another five kilos heavier. Yeah. I would sign him now. He's if they want to if they did see want a decent centre, he's it. But I think he he's better than that. He'll move in one more, and he's the answer to the five eight position that they got at the moment. Bang, love that. Love what about what about Kevy Walters, mate? I was just watching him, his demeanour on the on the sidelines last uh, in that in that match, and just looked a bit lost, eh? A bit nervous, lost eh? words and yeah, nervous, and, and just really. What a sideline yeah, though! Just notice it. He's got he's got his yeah, bro- he's got what, his brother. Th- s- he's got his brother there. That's a hooker. Used to be the hooker. I don't know if you you were alive then, but he was a hooker <laughs> for for Canberra, and also <laughs> also the Aussie hooker, and and of course Alfie Langer around there that looks like he swallowed a cow. Yeah. Um, but three leg- <laughs> three legends, mate. You know what I mean, sitting on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, how hard is that conversation, mate? Like, I think we should do mm. that. And and Alfie Lang is probably used to telling Kevin Walters what to do because that's where he played with seven and six in it when they mm. played for Brisbane. And then you've got um, his brother, the, the hooker sitting there, who's the chirpiest bloke on the pitch anyway, saying, "Well, I think this should happen." I, mate, I don't know. I don't know whether Kevin Walters lasts the year. Seriously. It looks mm. like you know, I don't. I don't know if you've read the news, but Payne House and um, the young halfback had a scrap last night, apparently, and it's all over the papers in Brisbane. And uh, you know, I think I think the problems off the field and the contract stuff, like what Ricardo just touched about, um, with the Jesse Arthur's, and and you know, it's not it's not the Jesse Arthur's. It's the Fafitas, mate, going to going to um, the Titans. You know, it's the Payne Haas being courted by um, Full Gould down at the Bulldogs. They're the ones that really hurt him. And I just don't think, if he if he doesn't get a couple of wins, man, I, I think they'll look elsewhere again. Mm, okay. Okay, that'll be interesting to see, mate. And another coaching dilemma as well that went on over the weekend. Wayne Bennett going down and flying down to the Knights and taking a wee, uh, wee look at Kale and Ponga. And I want to get your thoughts on that because Andrew Johns, your good neighbour, mate, he won happy. He wasn't happy one bit. So we'll rip into that a bit, bit shortly. But 
Uh, we've got a good show. We've got a good show. Keep your text messages coming through. I've got one from Mark. I'll read that very, very shortly. We'll be back soon to digress and talk a bit more league and also that Caleb Clark red card because that is a hot topic at the moment. We'll be back shortly. You'll see Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium range at Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. We're 25 minutes past six here on the show. And, well, I'm going to read this text message from Mark. Good morning, Izzy. Kempi, Ricardo and the kitchen. Welcome back, Izzy. Hope you're feeling better, mate. I've had, I had two multis, one eight leg and one 11 leg. Wow, that's a big multi. Ooh. And the bloody Warriors ruined them. <laughs> Not by winning. <laughs> Not by winning. I broke my own golden rule. Never have the Warriors in your multi. So Marky's obviously taken the Bronx to beat the Wowos. And, well, you never, ever put the Warriors in there, mate, because they mate, just do eight that. 11 legs, that's pretty impressive. That's a long day, <laughs> mate, that mad. one. It's <laughs> a long day, mate. You're just even, waiting for something to go wrong, aren't you? Multi. <laughs> you, don't, you don't even you watch it. If you put a 11 leg multi on, you don't even watch anything. You just go back to your TAB account and check the red the red cross or the green tick. Oh, it's like buying a lotto ticket, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, cheers for that text message, Marky. Hey, we're going to touch on uh, quickly, boys, the, the Caleb Clark red card. Mm. A hot topic over the weekend. Um, we were texting, we were up and about. I'll, I'll read this. If you haven't seen um, Andrew Merton's uh, Instagram, this is what he said. He's uh, in a season already full of dumb decisions. This has to be the world, uh, the worst at World Rugby. Who is asleep at the wheel? That is from the great Andrew Merton's. He's against it. For you, Ricardo and Kempe, what what's your initial take from what you saw and witnessed on the weekend? Yeah, it was dumb. It was a dumb decision. Uh, mm. I mean, the bloke's in the air. He's, he's gone... Okay, the guy with the ball's about to kick the ball, so I'm going to jump to block the kick. He gets in the air, and once you're in the air, you can't change direction, is he? So what's he expected to do, mm. you know? I look at it and go, mm. you've got a 110 metre by 55 metre piece of grass with 30 large men running in different directions with intent. There are going to be physical coll- collisions that are no one's fault, but rugby seems determined to apportion blame every time someone gets hurt. Mm. Kempe? Nice. Mate, first of all, is he the guys that are making these decisions? Okay, they probably yep. haven't. They probably haven't kicked a football, let alone tackled someone like Caleb Clark. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's my that's my first problem that I've got. Is that the blokes that they're talking to each other over the headphones are like, oh yeah, uh, oh, that must that look really that look really hurtful, and and um, I think he meant it. You know what I mean? And then you actually go and watch the footage. Well, what Caleb, what is Caleb meant to do? Caleb jumps before he kicks it. He's in the air, so mm. he, he can't sidestep in the air. As you can't swivel in the air, he's moving at 120 kilos going forward. And the and the winger's got his head down ready to kick the ball. When he lifts his head up, he runs into his hip. No malice in it whatsoever. It's called rugby. Mm. It's a collision sport. The problem that they got is on the TMO, they should have a football coach. Let's say with Graham Henry... Let's say a Wayne Smith type person sitting there going, boys, common sense here says, yeah, you could give a penalty, but that's all it is. Don't read Carter and mm. give him another six weeks. I read an article this morning that said he'd banned for life. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'll tell you who's banned for life, <laughs> no. the guy that wrote that article, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, look, it's... Um 
I, I sent you boys a clip yesterday because mm. I've done the exact same thing. Um, Ireland down here in Christchurch, uh, lucky DC popped on his right foot and knocked uh, a drop goal over to win that game. I oh, got sent off 72 minutes. Anyway, Rob Carney, I kicked the ball down. Rob Carney's got the ball, and I know he's going to kick it. So I do the exact same thing. And, and I'm speaking from a um, Caleb Clark situation. I know I'm not going to get there. I know I'm not going to charge the ball down. But I'm going to jump to try and... Uh, you know, make him spray a kick or just try and put him off his kick. But realistically, I'm not going to even get near the ball. So I'm going to put myself in a vulnerable dis- uh, situation here. So I jump early and, and, and did exactly what's happened. But luckily, I only hit his chest and wasn't as um, anywhere near his head because obviously I couldn't jump as high as Caleb Clark. Um, so I can understand uh, where the refs, the, the, look, the refs have been told that any contact with the head has to start at the red card, and we've seen that with throughout the, out the out the um, competition. So I, I, for me, I, I can't blame the refs because he's been told to make a decision based on what he's been told, and that decision is it's hit the head, so he's got to start with the red and come back. And um, for for Caleb, I don't think he was in a realistic position to charge that down. You said it earlier, um, Ricardo. He jumped early, so. You know, for me, he's he's probably like five meters away from the guy, so he's not in a. Only reason you're going to jump is to try and charge it down. He's not even near him to charge it down. So, I feel I feel like one, he's put himself in that situation by jumping early, and taking him out of the game. Uh, but yeah, you are right. He can't even move. So once he's in the air, it's it's impossible to get uh, to to move himself into a, a better position. Um, so it, look. I don't have all the answers. Um, I've been in that situation, and for me, I knew I wasn't going to charge the ball down, but I jumped to try and make that kick a poor one. Yeah, the difference between so, yours and Caleb Clark's, though, is he's, you sold yourself short because you didn't even put your arms in the air to make it look like you were charging the kick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. I just gave him a little shoulder. Look, it's, yeah, uh, it's an I, interesting uh, one. I uh, want to hear your... I think Caleb would I'd take a little hear. bit of offence to that too, is he? Because I think Caleb thought he actually got the ball, would get to the ball, you know? <laughs> oh, no, nah, if you watch it slowly, like he's jumped, he's jumped, but the ball's like, he's what, five, five metres away from him. Like he's he's not in a realistic, op- like when you go charge when you go charge the ball down, Kempe, I know we're going to get off to Louis because he's hounding on the on the anywhere line. Look, if, <laughs> I know if, if you've got to charge the ball down, you're going to dive at their leg, you're going to dive at the ball. That's That's how you charge down a kick. You know, like there's there's ways when you're really committed to charging the ball down, and and for me that wasn't a realistic position for him to charge the ball down or make any difference. But it's happened. I'd love to see what's unfolding. Give us a text on double eight double three with your thoughts on that red card. Right, wrong decision. Could there be anything different? Is rugby just losing the plot? We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, we're going to shoot off because we're going to get to Aroha before we get to Louis in our Love Racing NZ update. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Welcome back. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. We've got Tony Kemp in the house and we've got uh, Ricardo Ball taking over because Louis Herman Watt is at home having a wee lion. But hey, we thought we'd ruin his lion, get his alarm set and get him back on the show <laughs> because it's time for our Love Racing NZ is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. And joining us now is Louis Herman Watt to give us a wee update. Morning, Louis. 
Hey, boys. Well, the daylight saving situation cooks you anyway. I'm lying there awake at 5am anyway, so um, <laughs> I should have just come to work. But the, I've had a, an up and down weekend, kind of reflective of my punting, really. Um, weird <laughs> mystery illnesses and who knows what, um, you know, you know, nudged out of first fours and trifectas by horses running off the track and just have had it all, really. Mm. Mm. How are you feeling, mate? You're all good? I'm all good. I'm all good. I'll uh, hopefully see you tomorrow, boys. But um, I guess what I'm here to do is tell you about loveracing.nz and what went on on the weekend. Uh, as I say, mixed bag. Kind of really, really, really good racing. But just a couple of results that threw up some spanners and if people had multis, um, they would have been pretty sharp to collect on them. Uh, one in particular... I guess we were big on dynastic after speaking to Opie Bosson, but for whatever reason, sometimes these cults do stupid things. He he didn't want to turn left-handed at Awapuni, um, and he ran off the track, and by the time Opie got his whip out and gave him a couple, uh, his chest just straightened him out. He was probably 10 lengths off them, so he ran charged home for fifth, but too late. Maven Bell and Sammy Weatherly beating Wolverine. They had to go to the judges' room, but I think that was the right decision as well. I know Kempi thought otherwise, but I thought... Rob the a... Central Districts, rob them. Yeah, 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 classic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that it was close enough and it, it, was, uh, it was close enough to the post that it wouldn't have got passed, but it would have been close, but I think the right decision was made there. Um, and, and across the ditch... Wow, like the, the first weekend of the championships, it just got set alight. There were a couple of performances in particular. One, Mr. Bright Sky in the Doncaster. Mm. I mean, if you found Mr. Don, Mr. Bright Sky, congratulations. This is a Kiwi bred. I think it was bought for about $25,000 a couple of years ago. Um, and now it's won one of the famous Randwick Mile races. So what a result there. I was all over Forbidden Love and I'm Thunderstruck but clearly not a place I'm thunderstruck. So, yeah, classic. Um, and then <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess the result of the day, or the race of the day, I mean, well, there's a couple. Nature Strip was huge, and I think the drying track really aided Nature Strip. It wasn't, like, it was still heavy, but it wasn't that big, gluggy heavy that was taking it out of his legs. Um, and he just proved again that on grand final day, that when the stable has him ready to go third up, he, 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 can't, he can't lose. So... Um, that was pretty cool to see. And hopefully that means that he goes up north now. And then Hitotsu. I mean, what Hitotsu, mm. would would you, here's a question for you, Izzy Kempi, would you aim Hitotsu at a Cox Plate, a Caulfield Cup, or a Melbourne Cup, or all three? Because, you know, there's a bit of incentivise about him. There's a bit of brilliance about him. There's a bit of Zaki about him. He's three. He's a freak. And the trainers from from a mile to a mile and a half, with nothing in between, I mean, this is a, this is an incredible achievement. Yeah, I'd, I'd go mm. I'd go Caulfield uh, Melbourne Cup. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay, and that's fair enough because he does Louis, look like it, he's a dominant stayer. Louis, in that race, uh, I know Hitotsu was right next to Regal Lion. I thought I thought um, J Mac would have taken just followed Hitotsu because you watch Hitotsu's run; it had to work from back and go right on the outside, and that was a really impressive win. Do you think Regal Lion um, will be, you know, asking for a little that, that nightmare dream to end and, and go have replay that race and, and do something different? Yeah, it's a pretty good question, Izzy, because I was watching the race with 
Shannon, my partner, and I was saying, this is interesting. Um, J-Max kind of found the back of Hitotsu, but if Johnny Allen wants to, mm. he can pocket Regal line for as long as he wants. But he actually wasn't concerned with that. He just took off. And I think Johnny Allen knew that he had the superior stayer and the best horse in the race, and he didn't want to take any... Yeah. Um, he wanted to take luck right out of it. So he took off. And I guess mm. James James thought that he didn't want to try and loop them all and go with Hitotsu, and he was going to try and pick a path. But anyone that yeah. saw that race would have um, known that that was not the best way. But Because by the time that they had all the momentum, they were looping around the outside, and Regal Line was trying to find a path. The the first three were gone. And I don't guess you'll never... Mm. This is the dis- disappointing thing with the connections of Regal Line. You'll never even know whether it would have been in the finish. I think it would have gone close. I don't think it would have beaten Hitotsu. No way. I mean, this thing's just proven itself to be a class above. But... Yeah, it is an interesting one. I guess you just got to give James McDonald the benefit of the doubt. Although, I, I will say that he, he probably wasn't riding in classic J-Mac fashion, whereas Hugh Bowman, if you, if you, did you see Huey's ride on Honey Creeper? I mean, Hugh is as locked in. So maybe there's, if you want to follow a jockey, I reckon Hugh Bowman's probably riding as good as he ever has been, maybe since that whole Winx situation. So next weekend, boys, we go again. Um, there's just as many... We go again! I'll go one for Friday. I'll go one for Friday, Louis. Knock, knock, Cinerama. <laughs> Come on, mate. I'm not saying it too early. Paulie Mawadi, we've got four days with him. Everybody knows. Queen Elizabeth, we got Animo, very elegant. Um, the absolute crew rolling in. It's going to be awesome, boys. I'll let you get back to quizzy tag. <laughs> yes, Louis. Back to bed, mate. Back to bed. Thank you for that update. Loveracing.nz. For all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, reviews, and more, that is Louis Herman Watt. He'll be back in the studio tomorrow. We give him a little lion because that's what Kempi and Ricardo do. They just give back to young Louis Herman Watt. He's been tired lately. He thought he had the death plague, but no. He's too strong for that. Anyway, like you said, Quizzy Dag coming up. Give us a call right now. 0800 150 811 to take on the Quizmaster. The Master. Back shortly. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dad come play it, this is how we do it, Quizzy Dad come play it, quiz is on the line, just one at a time, don't google a lie, phone a friend you'll be fine, just listen for the signs, T.A.B. with the prize, 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Bang, bang. Woo. Just look at Ricardo's hat. Is that is that a steady the ship hat, Ricardo? Oh no, that's a Raiders. It's a Raiders hat, mate. It's a Raiders hat. Like your yeah. t-shirt, is he? Hey, what's up? What's up with you? I love the new intro, mate. But it's longer than the segment. What's going on? Get to the point, brother. <laughs> hey, you like that, eh? You like that little rap, brah? You wait till I bring out one about you, Ricardo. Oh, I'm gonna bring out a song in about a week's time. Oh, Stay tuned. Here we go. It. Let's rip it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll talk a bit of Raiders soon. They had a good signing, actually, Devontae Adams. On the outside, so you'll be up and about for that one, mate, from the Green Bay Packers. Anyway, we're going to go to Mark. Mark's on the line. You're up first. Open the bat, mate. Morning, Mark. Morning, lads. How are you? Hey, Marky, did you take the Bronx to win? 
I did, and uh, I was oh, quite happy about it too. Silly. Um, oh, mate. I had, uh, I had all the league games in one multi, so that was eight. And then I had all the league games plus a couple of rugby ones. And yeah, the Warriors, they uh, they did me in. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, unlucky, mate. Never, ever bet against the Warriors. <clears throat> That's when they sting you, mate. That's like me jumping on the favourite of some sort of race. Yeah, well, you just never go. put them in your multi at all. You just don't, don't ever bet nah. on them full stop, period, ever. <laughs> yeah. He'd right, stop, stop black caviar. <laughs> 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 All right, Marky. Question number one: Aliyah Dunn sunk a clutch shot to win for which ANZ Premiership side yesterday? What a uh, game! The Wellington team. Wellington. Um, five, oh, shivers. Four, uh, five birds. Three. No. Wellington. Will you take Wellington? <laughs> <laughs> look, I, I can't. Uh, look, it's 50 50. What do you reckon, Ricardo? Steady the ship? Yeah, no, nah, so they're not called Wellington. Nah. Nah, I need to. Oh, okay. Sorry, no, Marky. <laughs> Sorry, Marky, brother. And it's the best New Zealand way of answering something, though. Because if, if you were Mark, you'd hear the year, and then you'd hear the nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke. Luke and Dunedin, morning. Morning. <laughs> morning, Lukey. Aliyah Dunn sunk a clutch shot to win for which ANZ Premiership side yesterday? We need the name. The Pulse. That is the Pulse. Well done. Good game, Question too. Question number two. Good which game, Kiwi won the women's 100 metre at the Australian National Track and Field Championships? Zoe Hobbs. Good t- good Hobbs is girl. correct. Quite well hard. Question number three. How many runs did England all-rounder Nat Skyver score not out in yesterday's World Cup final? 148. No, he's on a roll. That is 148. Well done. Question number four. Who shot a course record to win the Millbrook Classic yesterday? Five, um, four. Bone three. a friend. Uh, this rhymes with Cleary. Five. Gary. Four. Well done. Well done. I'll take that. Good phone free day, mate. Five. <laughs> <laughs> that, was good. that was a good one. Better than petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> oh, question number five. An oak tree presented to Kiwi's Kiwi 1500-meter Olympic champion Jack Lovelock was planted at his old school. What's the name of the school? Five, four, friend. three. <laughs> not, on your, not on your last. Sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. We're going to go yeah, to Brett no Hudley. Sorry, brother. Brett Morning Hudley. Morning. Morning to my whanau. Morning to Brett. What in up, brother? Jeez. What do you got? Oh, it's right. the winner. This is the winner. Oh, Tamaru. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. Too easy. Oh, oh, last one. Yeah, you won. You got the $50. Oh, hey, how'd you, bonus oh, bet. How'd that $100 bet go on the weekend, Brett? Did it get up? Bro, mud. Mud. We had a jockey that had uh, training wheels on. <laughs> And then would, they come around the corner, oh, everyone shifts to the middle and outside of the track, and old Numpty runs through the swamp. 
You're lucky I don't know their Wilsmiths over at Bindigoo. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, lucky. Well, you can redeem yourself, Nick. Brando for a place into Tavatex shot Kempe. Yeah. That's the way, boys. That's the way. Nice. Nice. Oh, well done, Brett, mate. Thank you so much for calling, as always. You're our winner, so there you go. You've redeemed yourself. $50 TAB bonus bet. Go pick us a winner and tell us what it is on the text machine, okay? I'll get back to you. There you go. That was our quizzy dag. Uh, $50 TAB bonus bet all the way to Huntley for our man Brett. Uh, we'll be back shortly. Yes, good morning. We're two minutes away from seven before we get off with Aroha and the news. And then the next hour, you want to stay tuned because... Big hour, Laura McGoldrick, and then Paul Cole. Paul Cole's just sent me a wee photo. He's having a couple of quiet, so he's ready to rip into our show, and uh, he'll join us about 7.42 this morning. So uh, looking forward to that one. But quickly, just going to give you a, uh, ask you a wee question here on the text machine. Uh, Kempe, this is from Chris. Ask Kempe if he thinks Walsh will be with the Warriors next year. Rumour has it he has a get-out clause. Kempe? Mate, it's a, it's a problem. You know, um, Matt Lodge has come out and said that, you know, no, the contract wasn't good enough. They offered him a big contract to stay. It looks like he wants to stay in Australia. I've uh, always already seen Ewan Aiken. And the ru- the rumour, um, and I've heard this in Australia, is if they don't get Kalen Pong, if, if Bennett can't get Kalen Pong, he's going after Walsh next. So, mm. um, yep, it's a it's not just a Kalen Pong issue. It's any of the Aussies that are playing in the, who live in Aussie playing the Warriors side. When they decide to come back to Mount Smart from Redcliffe, where they are at the moment, maybe half a dozen of them might not come. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one on on um, on the part of Lodge because who else is going to give him that size contract? Because it was a pretty big contract. The Tigers, maybe. He's already, he's obviously mm. already got an offer. Mm, you reckon? Hundred percent. Yeah. You just don't turn mm. that. You just don't turn down that money unless someone else is offering you more. Do you begrudge them? Kempe, if for staying in, in in Australia, or what does that show to the loyalty that they're showing the Warriors, who have given these guys opportunities and and sacrificed the last three years for yeah, them no, to say, not at all. I don't want to come back." Not not at all. What I, what I do think they need to sort out are contracts. If you sign one, honour mm. it. Real simple. Yep. Beautiful. No, I'm missing Beautiful. the family outfalls. Look, I I thought Walshy, that was his best performance of the year. I know we're only four rounds in, but, man, he was outstanding. He was busy. You could see kind of Slater-ish, Billy Slater kind of style of play. He was busy and he's getting involved everywhere he went. So I know he's been talking to Billy, so you can see him trying to emulate that. But anyway, I thought he was outstanding. He's not filthy like Slater. Craving a McCafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kipota. Together we're shaping and building. The all-new SNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We've got Tony Kemp and Ricardo Ball in the house. Lou Herman Watt, he's just at home for today, resting up. He'll be back tomorrow morning. 
And then our man, Bears. I was messaging Bears yesterday. He's doing well. He's two from three games over at the IPL. Uh, tracking really nicely. And hopefully we'll get a wee update from him later in the week. It was good to hear from our good mate, Skip Bears McCullum. And uh, hopefully he's doing well over there in India. He can't really do anything. He's locked down because they've got to go to the training and games and then back to the hotel. So he's living a hotel life. Is our man. So I hope you're doing well, brother. Uh, coming up in this next hour, like I said, we're going to talk to Paul Coles. He's won the British Open in the in the squash uh, this morning, and Coles he winning an emphatic um, display over there in in, Brit- in in Hull actually. Three games to love. So he's going to come on the show about seven forty-ish, and then just after eight, I've got to send Geordie Barrett a message to wake him up to say, uh, you got to come on our show, you promised me, at uh, 8 o'clock. He played yesterday, the Hurricanes going down by one point against the Chiefs, uh, by one, yeah, so we're going to have chat to him. He played 12, and he's played everywhere in the back line, so looking forward to that. And then right now, we're going to talk a bit of the World Cup cricket, because yesterday, Autotahi Christchurch put on a show, great weather down here in, in Christchurch, uh, as we watched Australia dominate England in the final from start to finish, they were very, very impressive. We're Australia, and well, it's our pleasure to welcome our next guest. You've been, uh, she's been bringing you coverage of the Women's World Cup here on SCNZ, rounding it out with a record-smashing final at Hagley Oval last night where Australia were crowned champions. Alyssa Healy's incredible 170 with the bat guided the Australians to a 71-run victory over defending champions England also put up a gutsy fight. Laura McGoldrick has followed the tournament for the past month and she joins us now and she's a mum too so she loves getting up nice and early. She's on the show right now. Morning Laura, how are you? Oh doll, this daylight saving is killing me. <laughs> kids aren't, aren't adapting too well, eh? My kids are the same. They come in real early. So I was like, what are you doing? Get back to bed. But realistically it was seven o'clock in the morning so they knew what was happening, yeah, mate. Anyway, how was that? How the was the how was the World different. Cup for you? Um, look, it was such a, a privilege to be involved with such a fantastic tournament. The organisers here in New Zealand, you know, despite incredibly mm. trying circumstances like a global pandemic, they did an amazing job. Uh, so it was awesome to be involved. I, I just simply loved it. Great crew of people um, from all over the world uh, to come together and watch that. And boy, oh boy, those Aussies were un. <laughs> Stoppable, like they were so good. They mm. did not drop a game all tournament, and so as much as a Kiwi, you know, cricket fan, you want to see the White Ferns in that final, you want to see them lift up the trophy. Yeah. The best team in that tournament won, and that was Australia. Hey, Laura, did you think, <laughs> like, did the final live up to what you were thinking? Did Did you honestly think England might give them a shake? Yes, I really did. Um, it, I, I didn't think that they would sort of roll over as. Well, I mean, rollovers, it's easy for me to say that I wasn't bowling to Alicia Healy, so um, it looked very challenging. Um, but I, I did think that they um, there would have been a bit more of a, an even battle or more of a battle from them. Uh, they obviously won the toss and decided to bowl first. Whether that was the right decision, I'm not sure. They didn't bowl the right one length to Alicia. Um, it, it was just... They didn't change their plans accordingly. I, I don't know what happened there, but you know, poor old Nat Siver, who had a fantastic tournament with the bat for England, scored 145, all in vain, really. But I, I, I was, I was disappointed for England because you could see how much it meant to them to be the defending champs, to beat New Zealand the way they did, um, which was a mm. really cracking game that came right down to the wire at Eden Park. For them to then go out 
and not show what they could really, really do. They played some awful cricket in the beginning of the tournament and they just got better and better and better. So to get to the final and play like that, I'm sure they would be really, really gutted. Well, what about our Kiwi girls? Um, you think they'll be sitting there now, waking up today, ruining missed opportunities, um, obviously before the tournament, that, that clinical performance they put on against Australia, chasing down, I think it's nearly 300 for one, um, knowing that they can actually compete with Australia. Do you th- how do you think that, that, obviously, they'll be feeling gutted and, and ruin those missed opportunities, but where do you think uh, that they'll be you know, hoping for a replay or another opportunity or somewhere along that World Cup that they think we could have done better? I think the White Ferns, I mean, you only had to look at their faces, really, when they played Pakistan in their final hit out of the tournament to see how mm. disappointed they were. Um, I think it, I imagine it helps when, if uh, the people that knocked you out of the tournament, i.e. In, in, in our case, England, go on and win the tournament. That's probably an easier pill to swallow. Mm. But Australia, having beaten them in the, in the, in the warm-up game, it's a funny thing because warm-up games don't count. And that's the, that's the yeah. harsh reality, the reality of tournament um, play. You know, they, they just don't, don't count. So there are, there are things I'll probably sit back and not go, geez, we just did not do that well enough. But that they showed great fight. And I think the thing that I'll take mm. away from the White Ferns a performance of the tournament was taking my daughter to one of the games. And and it's that whole, if you can see it, you can be it thing. And, yep, no, the White Ferns didn't get over the line, but they played some exciting cricket, and they got close, um, and they just didn't get across the line. And, and sometimes that comes down to the types of different matches of cricket you play. You just don't have the experience of getting over the line in those type matches. Um, so that's mm. just that's something that they'll learn from and take away. I think that this was one of our best chances to win a World Cup, and I think the White Ferns know mm. that too. So they'll feel really gutted. Um, but there was the, the biggest one for me, I think the one that was the, the Oaks, the West Indies, where we lost by you know just a handful yeah. of runs when we really should have got over the line there. But that's just, it all comes down to experience. And I think the tournament as a whole, as I say, was a huge success. And hopefully our next mm. um, generation of White Ferns and Black Ferns, our Black Cats, um, watch what the White Ferns did and watch the cricket that was played and go, I want to have a cricket that. Laura Ricardo here, mm. mate. Um, just on, on that White Ferns, I, I just struggle with, I mean, you know, I know that we had a few young players. We had a lot of experienced players in that team as well. But I struggle with um, Bob Carter, who I, I like. He's a good bloke and he, he likes to talk cricket. But being able to shuffle straight from that into a back to his high-performance role, how can you be a high-performance manager for Cricket New Zealand when you've failed at the highest level? I, I, I really like you, man, but I'm not sure that's the question to ask to me. No, I, 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 I totally understand what you're saying. I, I, don't, I don't know. That was Bob's role before he took on the role of White Ferns, and obviously he made gains there that New Zealand Cricket appreciated and saw perhaps, um, you know, we don't know the ins and outs of that there, but... Um, I don't know. It was it was challenging for Bob. Obviously, um, he, he he's grown a lot in the role as White Ferns coach, and and they all respect him. That's very clear. Um, maybe I, I really don't know what the the story is behind the high performance role. I just know that he was there beforehand, um, and so it'll be interesting to see you know who goes in his place now, what they do, what 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 road they they take with that. But um, I don't know. I don't know how that comes to to the point where I've put him back in that same role he was in uh, four, four years ago. Mm. Oh, nice. Lozzie, hey, um, well, you were there. You were there or thereabouts with all the, um, all the teams. What were, what were some of the things that, that you witnessed from the sides um, being in New Zealand? Did you, did you get a sense of feeling that they loved being over here touring and, and obviously 
trying conditions and circumstances, but did you see them having a lot of fun outside of the cricket and, and getting out and trying to enjoy it as much as possible? Um, yeah, well, it was hard because they were all in the bubbles for the most part, so you didn't get to see them a lot away mm. from the ground. But um, in terms of, uh, you know, enjoying New Zealand, they, they all do for, you know, Pakistan, Bangladesh and India. It's such a different experience in a, in a funny mm. way. The English and Australian, it's all a little bit kind of like um, their home. So it's, it's, it's similar conditions um, and, uh, you know, the food doesn't differ too much from what they're used to. So... So, you yeah, know, they all seem to really enjoy it. And the tournament was put together so well and they were all taken care of. And, you know, we as Kiwis should be really proud of, of, of what we showed them when they were here. Yeah, beautiful. Oh, we've got to touch on, on your good family friend. I know Guffy's best man. It's probably his final, it's his final day in, in the black jersey and the black cap. Ross Taylor, mate. Tell us a bit about Roscoe and, and, and the champion bloke he is and, what he's been able to achieve for, for New Zealand cricket and kind of the, the gap that, that's going to be missed from, from Roscoe. Well, if you want to get me crying this early in the morning, this is probably the road to go down. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine uh, a New Zealand cricket team without Ross Taylor in it. I don't know about anyone else, but I found it real weird when the South Africans took it here and there was a test series and there was no Ross Taylor in that mm. number four spot, which he has dominated for the last 16, coming up 17 years. Um, yep, he is my husband's best mate. Um, my mum and he have uh, a working relationship. My mum is his manager and they have worked together for uh, 17, 18 years. Actually, even longer than that, I think. It's probably 19 years now. So he's been a part of my life for a very long time. So I feel an immense sense of pride mm. for all that he's um, achieved in his career. And the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, you know, he's the only player to have played 100 games in all three formats. He's top run scorer in both tests and ODIs for New Zealand. He's got 19 test centuries to his name. I mean, the man is, the legacy he leaves is undoubted, but it's the it's the way in which he's gone about it, I think, that he should really be remembered for. It's the way, you know, you always hear athletes talk about when they get given their, their, their black shirt with the silver fern on it. It's mm. how they leave it. It's how they, when they, when they leave the jersey, for the last time, it's, it's the position in which they've left it. And Ross has done this country so proud, not just because of the runs, but because of the time he takes with his fans. He's the last one at the ground. He's the last one to get a selfie. He loves the game. So anytime a kid comes up to him mm. in a supermarket or a dad comes up to him in a supermarket, you won't see him for half an hour. You'll be like, okay, I said to Ross, could you just go and get some salt? And I can't. For half an hour, he's talking <laughs> cricket in the aisles with a dad about, you know, so he's that kind of guy. And he is, a great student of the game, and I hope he stays in some capacity in the sport because he has a lot to offer. He's got a great cricketing brain, and you know he's been a part of the big moments. I'll miss as a cricket fan that feeling when you know Ross Taylor's coming to the crease and you think, "Whew, all right, it's Roscoe, here we go." You know, I'll miss that. Um, I'll miss yeah. the tongue. I'll miss the pukana when he, you know, he gets his tongue for his kit. There's a lot of things I'll miss, but um, he's a real legend, and I hope he gets the send off he deserves today. Mate, he is an absolute champion. I was cheeky enough and I slid into his Twitter DMs years ago and just said, mate, because he was chucking out some gear, and I said, chuck one of those bats my way. And the next minute, your dad arrives on my doorstep in Christchurch <laughs> with a signed Ross Taylor bat. So I couldn't believe it. He's an absolute <laughs> champion. I really uh, appreciated that. Hey, just, just quickly, what do you feel his greatest uh, moment is on the on the field or, or off the field? What, 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 what do you think... Uh, Roscoe Taylor will be remembered for? 
there's a lot of innings I think of. Um, there's a lot of innings I think of. Uh, his 290 in Australia, um, his mm. his his 100 in, in Manchester when he first started. Um, his oh, there's so many. The 180 that he got in Dunedin against England on effectively one leg because the other had stopped working and half the one he did have was in a bit of trouble as well. Um, I think, oh, geez, oh, that's a really tough question. I'm a real cricket geek, so I, there's a lot that I remember that are my finest moment. But for him, I think his finest moment will be, oh, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many. What do you, okay, what do you think he's going to, what what kind of red will he be popping later on tonight? <laughs> I know he loves his red wines. So, well, you know, tell us what kind of drop he's going to be having a wee sip on you later. The beauty of having me as a friend is when he goes, Laura, I've got a bottle of blah, 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 blah. I go, sweet ass man, just pour it to the top. <laughs> Whatever you've got. Um, uh, no, I, I think he's going to drink one of his... Um, so when he played his 100 tests for New Zealand, he got 100 Jeez. bottles of red wine from New Zealand cricket. So I think oh. there'll, be, there'll be one of those. I think there's a magnum. Um, we had uh, dinner with him last night. <laughs> he was talking about the wine. And I made coffee. I made coffee stop at the supermarket on the way around, and I was like, "Oh, that one's on sale. I'll grab that." <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, great, great career. It was look, it was roaring me. She was sixteen bucks. Yes, love um, a love a roaring me. Love a roaring me. Um, so I, I, I think there'll be. Look, I'll take some pictures and I'll send them to you. I won't know the names, but um, I would definitely send them through of what of what is drunk tonight. Yeah, just just oh, just don't oh, need yeah. a glass. Just give me a straw. <laughs> yeah, see, that's me. I'm that friend. Oh, guys, I've got a couple of straws in the bag here. <laughs> Who wants? <laughs> hey, Laura. Hey, Laura. You do not. Hey, Laura. It's Kempe here. Hey, just just before you go, I'm just listening to what you're saying about Ross Taylor's legacy. Look, uh, if your mum or yourself have some power in at New Zealand cricket, what I think Ross Taylor should do is work in the Polynesian game and get more Polynesians playing cricket. I think that would be the best thing ever that would happen in New Zealand because we'd have um, Joel Garner coming down the crease and Viv Richards batting at number one and that type of player come out of that Polynesian game and Ross Taylor's that type of bloke with that history to go and do that. So maybe that's a conversation your mum can have with him. Yeah, maybe. I know, I, I hope Ross stays in the game. And I, I think he has done... Uh, you know he's 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 done a lot for the uh, for particularly the Samoan community uh, around around cricket and uh, yeah I, I hope he does too. Yeah, what what do you reckon he he will do? Like if you just do you think he'll get into coaching? I don't know. It's a funny one because I'm sort of scared. It's one of, and, and I don't know what it was like when you played, but I was one of those questions where I was always a bit scared to ask an athlete because I was like, if they're not thinking about it, I don't want to be the one you to don't be ask like, it. hey man. You're mid thirties. Because we never went to school, I tell you. <laughs> you know, you don't want to. That is the wanna, worst question uh, you can ask someone. What are you going to do? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do when you finish? I don't know. I'm still. I've still got a few years left. I think you go. Oh yeah, right. Have you? You got to start oh. thinking about it, though. Do you? Oh blimey. Um, uh, so <laughs> I don't really know, but Roscoe, if you know, everyone, we, we talk about the red wine. People may not realise he's a real once he picks up something that he likes he's a real student of it so the wine he has his books there's he has man he, he likes to learn and he loves to ask questions and I also think that one of the reasons he was such a successful cricketer is because he asks a lot of questions 
So I don't know what he's going to do. He, tra- he did a bit of commentary um, in the last season. I thought he was really good. Uh, I mean, I'm biased. I love the man. But um, he was really yeah. good. I loved hearing his Christine Brain. So I hope he does something where we still get to hear him talk mm. about cricket because I think he's got a lot to offer. Can yeah, you drink wine sure for a job? Yeah, kind of Yeah, you can probably down in Queenstown or What's over in job, France and Bordeaux. So what does Ian Smith do again? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, quickly, we're going to let you go, Laura. We're going to quickly let you go. But before we do, I've got to ask you a question. What is Guppy's worst habit? Guppy's worst habit. I don't want to bash the man. He's looking after my kids right now as I'm on the phone to you guys. But, uh, <laughs> worst habit. Uh, Guppy's worst habit. Oh, Guppy's worst habit. Guppy's worst habit. No, oh, do you know what he is? His worst habit. People will be like, what, what Laura? Um, he's always on time. Now, that is, that is a lot of pressure on a woman who is never on time. <laughs> and the man is never late. So as someone who is constantly just has no comprehension of time, it makes things very challenging. He's <laughs> oh a perfectionist. Man, oh. you're a lovely wife. I wish Daisy take a few things off you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really nice, Laura. <laughs> if Gut was on the phone, no. you said what's Laura's most annoying habit, you would have to have a pen and paper. <laughs> and I reckon he would let you know. <laughs> Being late would be at the top of the list. The way oh, I, think I love it. Love it. Laura McGoldrick. Thank you so much, Lozzie. We appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing those uh, comments on the World Cup and also Ross Taylor, one absolute champion. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great day. There we go. Laura McGoldrick just ripping out herself. She's late and Guppy's never late. Wow. Never, ever pictured that. I thought maybe just, you know, what's your worst habit, Ricardo? You'd have you'd have one. I've got. Oh, my, what is my worst habit? My worst habit. That's a, you probably Something have to ask my wife partner. Always, yeah. What does she always come at you with? The same thing. Everyone's got it. Yeah. Uh, I, it's probably that I I don't open like I get up in the mornings, particularly on the weekend when I don't have mm. anywhere to go or do anything to do. I tend to get up and watch sport in the mornings, right? <laughs> and so I don't open any of the curtains or any of the windows because the sun just ruins the yeah. TV. So I'm like, nah. And so yeah. she always gets up and just whinges. Oh, you didn't open this. Oh, my plants are gonna die. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but hang on, I'm watching the sport. Hang on. <laughs> My care factor about your plants is quite low, just quietly. <laughs> what about what about this one? This is my pet hate, and I can't understand this. The toilet seat. Oh. Why should we have to put it up? <laughs> I, I don't understand Can't. it. I don't know why should we oh, have to put it up. They I'm should on put Daisy. it down. I'm on Daisy's side with that one, mate. <laughs> Yeah. You, why, bro? Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because your your boy, when he's fifteen, you're gonna say, "Mate, lift the seat up." <laughs> True. Okay. All right. That's me at the moment, Kimpy. <laughs> I'm telling myself, lift the seat up, Izzy. Wow, messy bugger. Anyway, it's in my worst habit is leaving the toilet seat up in the toilet. Anyway, we're coming back shortly. We're gonna we chat about some cricket. Back shortly. Listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 728, uh, Ricardo Ball, Kempe and uh, the Ismaster in a course for you. And uh, I just had to apologise to Laura McGoldrick. I sent her a text afterwards saying thank you for being a legend and coming on bright and early and talking to us. Sorry for the Bob Carter bomb. Um, she, she said that was all right. It was a good <laughs> question. I just answered it terribly. But I, I wanted to hit you boys up about that because 
Like, he's gone from being the White Ferns coach at a team that everybody, I think, thought before the tournament was going to make the semis, not making the semis, and just shuffled straight into high performance, head of high performance for cricket again. And he's not fronted the media. We haven't seen anything about it. He, like, they've not made him available. I mean, I don't know what you think. Is he, If this was rugby, it'd be a whole different story. But, you know, Kempi, you got a, a thoughts on this? Or where, where this is um, thoughts? Mate, I've got a book on it. You know, like, I... <laughs> I think the problem in New Zealand and the high performance sport in New Zealand need to really back Kiwi coaches and start coaching the coaches. You know, the, the amount of time look look at the New Zealand Kiwi team. You know, we've got an Australian coach we've got we've got a Sanzar ex Sanzar CEO, we've got an Australian coach, we've got an Australian assistant coach, we've got Australian trainers, you know what I mean? And yet where they all sit in the West Tigers on the bottom of the table at the moment, they're meant to be taking us to the World Cup. What do you think is gonna happen with that one? You know, and, and this is what we see in New Zealand sport. And I've said it many times before, like back back your own. You know what I mean? Look at the look at the Chris Wallers. Look at look at you know, look at those guys that go overseas with the, the training horses and people taking them over. That's what we want. We want people to back our coaches here in New Zealand and take them into overseas teams. We're just quite happy to sign the Bob Carters up from the UK, you know, sign the Madge Maguires up from Australia. I mean, we've got decent people sitting over here that could actually do the job. And need the support, so mm. I'm not surprised at all, mate. That question, that was a fantastic question. You know, you get high performance roles, and then like, just, just stop it. You know, start building from within. <laughs> Is he? That's all. That's all I'm going to say about that. The All Blacks. I always say so the All Blacks would mm. never do it. No. Can you see mm. Checker coaching the All Blacks? No. No, you got me. No. Mate, no, no. They would go to Horofenua and get their coach to coach the All Blacks before they went to Michael Checker. They would back yeah, their own. Yeah. Like, why don't you give them the high performance um, space and let them work sport for us? They got it right. Mm. I, I don't know how to follow that up. I don't know how to follow that up, Kempi. You've just smashed <laughs> it. You've nailed it. The only one thing I would say is, look... Uh, uh, We've spoken about it before. I know the coaches, they get pumped. They're the first ones to get put on the on the pedestal and they're the ones that get crucified every single time. But for me, I think the players, they need to take a bit of accountability as well for this and, and a bit of brunt on their shoulders. Like We haven't really heard from any of the players post this World Cup as well. Uh, and, and look, the coaches, the ones, they're, they're giving them the strategic plan. They're giving them the, the, the baseline to, to go out there and cheat. But they're not the ones out there swinging the bat and bowling the ball. Is so it, I, I just want to say... I just want to say one other thing on that, and I'm, mm. you know, I learned this when I was a coach. You know, I went over and spent some time with Marty um, Schottenheimer, who at the time in the NFL was regarded as the, one of the best coaches. And he just gave me this this way of handling the media. I just want to say on that about um, stepping up to the media, it is your job. You know what I mean? Mm. Whether you win or lose, one of the things I've realised is it's only a game. You're gonna get bagged. All right, that's that's part of it. You're mm. gonna get told you the best, like Bellamy does. Every gets told every week. But mate, if you're gonna get into it, you've got to handle both sides of the coin. Just step up to the plate and get mm. it done because it's fish and chip paper. People move on. Well, you like, look face at, up. You look at the NBA. You look at the NBA. If they miss it, they get fined fifty thousand dollars. And so huge they, money. And so they huge should. And most money, of our so. media managers around New Zealand, the prevention man, prevention officers, mate, they think that they <laughs> yeah. they think that they know what the players and what the coaches should be doing, what they should be saying, and they don't know what those people are aren't doing or saying. Just let them front up. Okay, Kempi, hold that thought. 
Have a little breath. We'll come back to you very, very shortly. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Love me some ZZ Top. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Uh, thank you very much, Araha, for the uh, news and uh, sport time for uh, the weekend choices poll. Thanks to Choices Flooring. See your floor change in an instant with RoomView. The Choices Flooring RoomView program takes the guesswork out of choosing your flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. So, gentlemen and uh, this is and ladies, this is our Choices Flooring poll for today. Go to the SENZ app. Click on Baz and Izzy uh, where you listen to us and you can vote on the poll. It'll be right there for you. Who has had the performance of the weekend? Option number one, a bloke is going to join us shortly. Paul Cole going back to back at the British Masters, the world number one in squash. Number two, the Warriors beating the Broncos when all the naysayers said that they wouldn't and I was probably one of them. Uh, Number three, the Blues getting up over Moana Pacifica and putting a team to the sword for the first time this season. Or four, the Chiefs and a nail-biter and probably the game of the round in Super Rugby winning 30-29 to over the Canes in Wellington. What is your choice? That is the uh, Choices Flooring poll. Go to the SCNZ app, click on Baz and Izzy for breakfast and uh, make your vote. We'll have some results for you in an hour. Uh, Izzy, what, what's yours out of those four? Where are you going? Poor Cole, bro. Poor Cole. Huh? Like, just absolute champion bloke. Got a lot of time for him and... Um, yeah, going back to back. This is honestly this is the first first time we actually spoke to Colsey was last year after he won his first um, British Masters title, and uh, that was kind of the first time I really got an, an inkling or understanding of who really Paul Cole was. You know, this this um, West Coaster doing big things on, on the squash stage, and then seeing his progress over the last year, going to one number one, winning constantly on the world stage, and then going back to back at the squash. Um, British Open, yeah, for me, that is the performance. Um, I'm like you, though. I thought the Broncos would smash the Warriors. <laughs> they proved me wrong. And uh, we are having a bit of tongue-in-cheek on the weekend about that, Kempi, too. And, you know, because uh, Louis come on, he said, boys, got something for you, a little inside scoop. Apparently, the Warriors have trained like champions this weekend. They're going to put on a clinic. And me and you, Kempi, we're laughing. We're like, shut up. They won't. They're going to get a hiding. We proved us wrong, didn't he? Yeah, he ser- he certainly did, and you know I'm, I know Colsey's you know world number one. This cements him in that spot winning the the Open. Um, mm. But mate, I'm giving the Warriors my vote on this one. I think mm. you know just the way they went about their business, and and mate, Louis got. I'll tell you what, I've learnt that Louis got some inside. He's got some game, yeah. Louis. He's he, you know you know is he? And I always thought this when I was a player and a coach. I thought, how the hell do the media know that? You know what I mean? And Louie, the little snake, he's wormed his way into the into the Warriors camp and he's talking yeah. to someone there who's giving out on the boys. He has actually got yeah. he has actually got his finger on the pulse. So well done, Louie. And the Warriors, mate, because of that, they get my vote vote this week. Let's hope they can back it up. They're two from four. Let's see if they can make it three from five. You you've been a coach. Leaks, eh? I I, 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 I always fascinated with how 
I'm fascinated with how people find out things inside your environment. You think, it, you know, you think you're a tight-knit group, you're not going to share anything, and then, bang, something comes out in the paper. You're like, how did they know that? They, they know must that? have been in a team meeting. Yeah. They must have been in a it's team bugged, meeting mate. looking on our walls to see the, that. The room's <laughs> bugged. It's, and all the boys are sitting there going, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a game of Texan Hold'em, mate. He's <laughs> <laughs> looking around those poker faces. Here you go. It was, oh, you, and then when you find out that's it, eh? You find out who the who the, who the the rat is, you go, nah, that's it, mate. Right, let's, let's purge that player. Someone let's named him, Joey. Let's get him out. <laughs> Someone <laughs> named Joe. Every time. Every time. Uh, this is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. That is our Choices Flooring Poll. Up next, the champion, Paul nice Cole, time. the world number one. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium Range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Dizzy for Breakfast on SCNZ. Baz and Dizzy for Breakfast on SCNZ. We're 16 away from 8. And Aroha in the news. And then following that, we're going to have a wee chat to Geordie Barrett. I've sent him a message to wake him up. Send him his little alarm to get him ready. 25 minutes, I said I'll give him a call that we chat to him. But before then, we got our number one guest on the line, our man, Paul Cole. Now, a man who lives on the world stage. He's been around the world and back. Our man, Paul Cole, the world squash number one, has done it again in dominant fashion. Colsey went undefeated on his way to British Open final where he faced off with his good rival, Ali Farag, continuing dominance in a 12-19, 11-6, 11-14 victory in 50 minutes. Three love Game win over Ali Farag, a win that guarantees his number one spot, and he's joined us now with a Peroni in hand, I'm pretty sure. Paul Cole, congratulations, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Daggers. Thank you, bro. Um, yeah, that Peroni's nearly empty, but uh, it's tasting good. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, congratulations. Um, another back-to-back tournament for you, the British Masters. I know how, um, you know, pumped and... and you really wanted to tick that off last year when we first spoke to you, winning your first tournament, mate. Does it? Is it still the same feeling getting back to back? It's different to be uh, to be honest, bro. Um, just with the whole pressure this week, uh, defending defending champion. That's not something I'm you know accustomed to uh, as of yet. And and you know with the number one being up on up on the line, it was um, you know a lot of pressure. So mm. yeah, just really proud of this win. And uh, it's a little bit different feeling, but just as special, man. Kelsey, congrats. Congratulations, mate. That's uh, another another tick on the box down at the West Coast. I just want to know, was the reception when you went up to get your uh, your trophy better than the, the one where those blokes really were spewing when you beat their hometown favourite? How was it? Yeah, it was a little less hostile than when I won in Egypt. Um, <laughs> they, they seemed pretty happy for me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, were, um, they were a little bit better for sure. I know you're up on, on Humberside there, Colsey, mate, uh, but uh, it's interesting that you're drinking Peroni. No no Canterbury draft available over there. What's going on? No, I tried to import the um, the Montes, but they didn't they didn't hadn't heard of it over here, so I just got the you know, whatever frosty I can, I'll, I'm I'm having. Hey but bro, uh, tell us about that little competition, that little um, you know, little com- you know, battle you've got going with Ali Farag. I know um Last couple of years, you've played each other. I think it was 15 times I heard last night. And, you know, I think he's beat you 15. But then the last four or five, you've, you've had the wool over him. You know, tell us about that little battle and what you've been able to do better in these last couple of games to, to get the, the result in the end. Yeah, man. To be honest, i got a lot of respect for Ali. He's, um, he's been a good champion. He's always humble and 
he's always mm. congratulates me when I win. So um, he's a he's a class act to be fair to him. Um, he, he's a good champion and um, yeah, man, he, he got me like fifteen times in a row or something. Um, but you know, I sort of I really know how to play him now. Um, I've got a game plan that mm. works and. I can just go into the match pretty confident in what I'm what I'm doing, and now it's sort of turned, and he's sort of got to work out how to beat me, which is a nice feeling to have when you're going into a match. So, um, you know, with my my new coach that I've had for the last three years, we've sort of obviously improved my own, own game, and then it um, I have the skills to execute the game plan that we want to play against him. So, um, yeah, man, it's an interesting rivalry, but you know, I, I can't speak for him, but, you know, I've got a lot of respect for him and, and what he's done. He's, he's a fair mm. player. It's always clean. There's no other antics going on. So um, it's always an enjoyable match with him. Well, uh, he won't be listening. So what are, what are those little those little things that you're trying to work on or, or something, <laughs> something that we can What is the theme? What is the theme, mate? <laughs> you know, like, we've been just... watching Paul Cole on the TV. What are those little you know, skill sets or those little things that you've been working on that we can look at and say, okay, that's what he's been trying to implement in his game? Yeah, I just smash his forehand, to be honest, bro. Um, <laughs> it's pretty simple, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's just it's just my general accuracy has improved, you know. Like um, keeping him in the corners, he's probably the world's best volleyer, so you've got to keep it off the volley. So yeah. I use a lot of height against him, pop it over his head, and just try and frustrate him and keep him, you know, off the volley because that's where he that's where he's the best, and he's he's the best in the world on the volley. So if I can eliminate that and um, then try and play to my strengths, then it's uh, it's yeah, it, it sort of works in my favour. And then he gets a bit frustrated when you sort of take his strengths away from him. Hey, Colsey, that, and that frustration that you're talking about, you know, with that, you know, you come from a pretty good pedigree down the coast and, you know, I know how, how your uncle used to take out his frustrations when he got frustrated on the rugby league pitch. Did you <laughs> did you ever think about, like, do you ever think about when you're out there that you, you actually want to smash him sometimes or do you want to drop the shoulder? And <laughs> the, other, the other question I've got is, like, is there a game, like a hybrid game where you're playing badminton where you can just, like, hit the ball and then take the bloke out? Type thing you think that we can look at that in the future? <laughs> to be honest, that was probably my biggest issue when I was a junior. I was too too hyped up and uh, I was too tense on court. I've, I've been working my ass off to uh, stay calm on court, mate. So um, yeah, no, uh, there's definitely can be some frustration built up, but I've sort of tried to work that out of my game because when I was a junior, I was a little uh, I was a little hyper on court. To be honest. I saw a little clip when your semi-final, I think it was, when you knocked your opponent and you're both sitting on the ground staring at each other. Was there anything said in that one? Was there a little, <laughs> your fault, get out of my way kind of situation? Or, or what was yeah, I just said, yeah, I just told him not to stand there again, otherwise it'll be harder next time. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what we like, mate. That's what we're talking about. He didn't tell you you had to wrap the like, arms? <laughs> I'll get, I, said, I told him I'll give him the daggy shoulder if uh, he's not careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he wouldn't. He wouldn't get up if he got that cold. I'll tell you that. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, That's last time we spoke to you. Bro. Last time we spoke to you, bro. Um, you, you know, you, you got paid. You got paid twenty something thousand US. Have you got a bit more this time of year round? You know what? What's that? <laughs> that wallet's looking full now, isn't it? Yeah, the, um, I'm not turning right on the plane anyway, that's for sure. Um, but no, this is a, it's, a, it's the most prestigious tournament, so my sponsors look after me well. Yeah, it's some, not, some nice bonuses that will cover the Frosties tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not complaining, man. I'm, I'm enjoying my life right now, that's for sure. 
And you're up at the Humber yeah, side, do you, yeah. get, do you get to go and watch the, the, the local derby, Hull versus Hull KR? Do you, do you get up there and have a look at a bit of that? Do, um, did, you, did, did Tony play up that way? I'm not too sure. Nah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I'm actually heading off to Glasgow tonight because I've got the World Double starting in two days. So um, there's no rest for me, man. I'm on a five-hour car ride um, tonight. So um, it's not too much rest, unfortunately. Um, got to get back into it. So looking forward to it, though. World Doubles playing with Joel. So try and get a title there. All right, Colsey. Just staying on the theme of cash money. I've looked at the PSA Squash World Tour May 13th. Cairo, Egypt, 550,000 big ones, the prize money. How good, eh? Is that something you're going to tell Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the prize pool. So, um, But, yeah, that's our biggest, actually, our biggest ever um, prize pool for squash. So um, if, we yeah, can, uh, if we can win that one, I'll fly you over, eh? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll bring the spades. You know, Oh, you're a top you're a top man Colsey nah, we, as always we appreciate you coming on our show we're a big fan favourite and um, thank you so much for for doing New Zealand proud the West Coast proud and just um, you know playing extreme well as well mate you've been uh, you've been on fire as of late and you always find time for us thank you so much Colsey nah brother appreciate the phone call thank you boys well done Colsey there he is poor Coles five and a half hours in a car to go Go again in the in the world doubles championship, um, mate. He's he's a champion bloke, and he's back in June, lads. He's back in June. He's going to come to Christchurch, and we're going to have a wee hit at the golf course. So we'll get him on air, and I'll get him in the studio live here in in Dagville, and we'll we'll get him online and and have a wee dabble in there, mate. Maybe you can get him to wash your yeah. windows while, while he's there too. Is he seen <laughs> you to, to save you having to pay someone else to do it? Oh. Mate, that's the young kid. He just wanted to earn some cash. I said, yeah, good on you, mate. Good on you, Izzy. He's a, he is a nice bloke, though, Coles, isn't he? Just a typical coasty, mate. I don't think there's a bad one that comes out of the coast. Um, and for him to really cement this number one status, you know, you have a look at you have a look at our badminton players like uh, Susan DeVoy and where they go later on in their careers. I think Coles, he's that type of person, has that type of personality that, you know, a lot of people would want to pick him up and use him somewhere along the along the way. There you beautiful, go. This... beautiful. Badminton? Sorry, sorry, Badminton? sorry, you were thumbs up and then pointing. I wasn't sure what was going on. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. All good, all good. Badminton, yeah, no, nah, squash, uncle. Come on. Squash, uncle. Oh, do I say badminton? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry fellas. I was having one of those concussion moments. <laughs> There's a delayed concussion. I can't, honestly, seriously, I can't remember. The, is that what I said? Badminton. You said badminton. You also oh, said it to yeah. Paul when you said, is there a hybrid sport we could play between league and badminton where you can smash people into the wall? But that's all right. <laughs> all good, all you good. Get my we'll drift. be back shortly. That was, that was Paul Cole. Back shortly. <laughs> at home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Monday, the 4th of April, 
and it's just after eight o'clock. Gonna read a few texts quickly, lads. Hey boys, well, I did predict the Warriors win, and while the young fella did go good, it was all on the back of Blake and Lodge. If Lodge goes, it'll be a real shame. It's hard to find a big aggressive prop these days, and that is from Mark. Before I get off and get Kempe's reaction, I'll read another one. Boys, uh, morning lads. Quick question for Kempe on the Warriors. What position or positions do you think the Warriors should focus on for recruiting? And should the Warriors sign Jesse Arthurs? 100%. That is from Richie. Yeah, 100%. There they should go, sign Kempe. They should sign Jesse today. Um, if if mm-hmm. ever after that after the weekend's game, enough enough shown, I think, for the growth and the, and the future of Jesse Arthurs. Um, and you're right mm. too about the front rowers. Like everyone knows, they've got a decent four pack these days. They've got some size. They've got some size coming off the bench. I, you know, if you're signing a player, you've got to, you've definitely got to sign another nine. You know, it's it's mm. it's the key position that needs to be signed. And I just want to touch on something is before we, we move on to the next thing. Um, Philadelphia lawyer's been on the phone to me, mate, wrapping me up about the badminton call twice there. Um, sorry <laughs> to our, our Dame Suzanne, Susanna DeVoy um, for that little concussion mistake that uh, happened then. But um, big shout out to the Philadelphia lawyer today, Bruce Sherrick, first day as uh, CEO yep. of New Zealand Racing CEO. Um, on his, you know, oh. apparently his brother's telling me his pay packet, he needs, he doesn't need a wheel a wheelbarrow or a trailer. He's got his own security truck to carry that home with him. So wishing you all the best today, brother. Um, good to see that you're listening to the show. And, um, yeah, looking forward to getting some VIP tickets to all the best race courses in the country. Yes, Kempi, that's the one. Always digging. Love it. We'll get Bruce uh, Bruce Sherrick on um, later I think he's week. doing an hour with us. I think he's doing an hour with us this week, is he? I think Louis teed him up to come in and do an hour with us. So it'd be good, good to talk to him, see what he's got. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. See what they've got lined up for the New Zealand Racing um, stakes going forward, mate. Looking forward to that. Anyway, we're going to talk a bit of rugby right now because yesterday afternoon, the battle in Wellington. Sunday afternoon footy. How good. 3.30 there at the Cake 10. The weather was on and well, the kids and everyone in the stands was enjoying a nice, solid game. After a physical, tough battle at Sky Stadium yesterday afternoon, Geordie Barrett led with and without ball, putting in some hits. Even Matua Kempe was shaking in his boots. Ah, yes, that was Geordie Barrett playing 12. He's a 15, he's played wing. Haven't seen him at 10, but no doubt with the way he goes and anything he tries, he's an absolute class act. Geordie Barrett can play anywhere. Well, yesterday he played 12 and he's on the show and the morning show with us today and he's woken up because I woke him up about 10 minutes ago. Geordie Barrett. Morning up, Geordie. Morning, David. <laughs> how, how are you, mate? I'm joined here with Tony Kemp, who is a huge fan of yours, and he was pumping your tyres up last week when you were playing 12 because he thinks you're a born leggy, mate. How are you? How's the body? Morning, Kempy. Yeah, um, I'm not too bad, to be fair. Um, I thought I'd be a little bit more sore this morning, um, particularly with the switch from the back, and, you know, what it's like, a bit more contact, and... Both sides of the ball, but um, yeah, probably probably more hurting the fact that um, didn't contribute to a win, and um, that's all I'm wanting to go out and do every weekend for the Hurricane. So um, that one hurts a little bit more. Mate, tell us about that change. You played you're playing fullback, and I've come out and said that you are a fullback and. You're outstanding when you're at the back. You know, you're defensively sound, as you showed Case yesterday at 12. 
but your decision making's on point too, and uh, you've got a, a boot to, you know, to to pray for that anyone could ever wish for a, a right foot bazooka, as they call it, mate. Um, how was that transition going from fifteen to twelve? Was it difficult in such a short week? Yeah, it was something that was um, touched on, I guess, through preseason. I um, had a few chats with Alfie, with Jace Holland, our, our yeah. coach, and um, we spoke about it a little bit. Um, if there's a possible transition for me into 12. Um, mm. And uh, he just felt it was the right time this week and potentially next week against the Crusaders. And we we missed mm. out on a few areas, both sides of the ball last week, um, certain connections and didn't get a ball to areas we needed to. And picked up the phone, called me last weekend and asked if I was, if I was willing to jump in there and... Um, you know what it's like. You you do anything anything you're asked of if <laughs> if it's the, for the benefit of the team. And um, but I was I was happy as play twelve. Um, it's a position I'm I'm pretty comfortable with. Um, and to be honest, I enjoyed it. Um, I loved loved being in there. You feel like you're in the game all the time. Um, yeah, but also like fifteen as well. Um, it's a position where I've enjoyed some consistency in the last two years. Um, just regular minutes and trying to find. Um, some consistency in building from week to week and um, certainly different positions and these these little details in each position that um, you can't just learn overnight um, so you know I have to have to work a little bit harder through it, um, on that throughout the week mm-hmm. just to just to know know my role so I know it was enjoyable it was a massive challenge especially coming up against two all black midfielders Quinn and Anton so um, I was certainly on edge throughout the week. Do you think you got the points on them, Geordie? It's Kempe here, mate, and and you obviously love the collision. That's what I love about your game. You, every time I look at you, you sort of tell a lot when you're like when you're on the football field as a player. You look at the player opposite. You can tell in their face whether or not they enjoy actually getting stuck in into that collision <laughs> area. And you're one of those blokes. I see you get up off the ground sometimes, wanting to rip people's heads off. Um, do you think you got the points on those boys yesterday in that position? Yeah, having four older brothers might have something to do with that, Kempe. I think it's just in my <laughs> nature. Um, bit of a fighter and a competitor. But look, um, look, I'd, you take those those individual matchups personally and um, I just see them as a challenge. And um, everyone's got so many one-on-one battles um, within a football match, um, both sides of the ball. And I just try to win as many moments as I can, and hopefully they just equate to bigger moments, and ideally mm. get a win for for the Hurricane. So no, I just like competing. Um, obviously, like the physical stuff, and um, yeah, just want to contribute best way I can. Mate, I saw you try and uh, I saw you shoot out a line and put an absolute shot on Anton, and then you're lying on top of him. Was there any little bit of banter there, or you know, was anything going backwards <laughs> and forwards from from Anton? Because we know he's got a big waha on him. <laughs> no, that wasn't really preconceived. Um, it probably looked like it the way I shot out of the line, but um, <laughs> no, no, look, no. I was almost apologetic when I realised it was Anton, and um, I was a little bit sheepish and got off got off him as quick as I could. Um, I'm obviously good mates with Anton, and he wasn't running his mouth um, throughout the game, so um, I didn't give, give anything back to him. I was just got back into the line as quickly as I could. I think a couple of his mates were trying to get stuck into me because they probably thought it was a bit of a dog shot, but um, <laughs> that's just the way it is. Hey, mate, just a, just a little bit of advice from me. Next time you get stuck into him, okay? 
you just make sure when you get off the ground he knows who who was on top of that shot all right that's that's a, that's that's why all of us league boys are wondering how close did you come to signing for the Sydney City Roosters underneath their sombrero not the cap because he would have had plenty of paper brown bags from Mr Politis how close did you come to signing for Sydney City mate it must have been close I was very close to MP. Yeah, wasn't far off. And did they say? And did they say to you like what position you were playing? Because I, mate, I, I did a, I did a, a, um, a commentary on you just before Christmas when I came in and filled in for Izzy because Izzy wanted to have four weeks for Christmas. Um, six weeks. Six weeks was it? Yeah. Geez, I was getting tired. Um, but they, I, I said, mate, that you're probably New Zealand's answer to Tommy Trebovich. What do you think about that kid playing? And does he remind you a hell of a lot of you? Tommy Trebovic, the way he plays? <laughs> to be honest, Tom, Tommy's got a lot more X factor than skill and, and pace and either either will have um um I'd probably see myself in the local five eight role over there, but I know you'd you'd know more than more than I do, Kempe. No, obviously a, a, a big follower of the National Rugby League and enjoy it and always think of if I was to jump in there where I could where I could play and and how it go? Well, the Bears are looking for a player next season, mate. We play in the preseason. We start, <laughs> we start on Waitangi Day, which is it's well outside the seasons, mate. So come up to the Bears. Don't worry about going up to Clifton. I know you're up there quite often. Come up to the Bears, mate, and we'll throw you in fullback. Right? We'll let you carve them up. <laughs> Get us going. <laughs> hey, Jordy, um, quick. We'll just we'll just reflect on um, on yesterday afternoon's performance, mate. Um, you know, going back a week, uh, you boys will be disappointed with Moana Pacifica, but then another week, um, going so close, the effort, I thought your leaders, um, particularly Adi Savia, yourself, um, Julian, you know, put in classy performance to push a Chiefs outfit right to the very end. You know, you must be extremely proud. And, and you know, how was, how was the reaction in the change room? And, and what are those little parts of your game you feel like the, the Hurricanes can do better to, to reverse it and maybe get the W uh, coming this week when you take on a quality uh, Crusaders outfit? Yeah, we spoke we spoke all week about a response because we put something out mm. there last week given all the changes. Um, regardless, it doesn't matter who's on the field. Mm. Um, what we're trying to build here at the Hurricanes is a high standard throughout the week and I guess uh, equates to performances that we should be proud of in the weekend. And to be honest, we weren't proud of what we put out there last week. And we, mm. what we wanted this week was a response. Um, and to put it frank, I guess the senior boys, um, yeah, we're, we're not happy with I guess, in contempt of just competing and losing these mm. games by close margins because I guess we've done that for a few years now and we feel like we've got a squad. Um, a mixture of experienced guys who are at their peak. Sexy guys like Artie's unbelievable and a good crop of young mm. that have been there for a while now. Um, we just don't want to push teams and kind of fall into that mediocre trap and we want to be consistent every week and turn winning into a habit because, as you know, winning and losing can be a habit and particularly against New Zealand teams, mm. these games are won by small margins and small moments within games, so I guess it's just trying to, whatever it is, um, trying to have a control over as many of those small moments um, in a game as we can and um, turn all those little small margins into into winning habits and, yeah, I guess, win, win, win a competition. So, um, yeah, 
to, to be honest, a, a reality check of where we're sitting at the moment. We're, um, we're doing the whole in the last couple of games and um, we need something good this weekend against a championship quality side in the Crusaders. So, um, it's not a dumb and gloom. We're, we're, we're obviously positive now um, and mm. look, we, we're going to need even more of a response going forward. Hey, Geordie, it's Ricardo here, mate. Um, you guys are probably the only New Zealand super rugby team that don't have a nailed-on number one, number ten at the moment. You know, you got obviously TJ back is great because you've got that experience inside, but I know Ruben Love's been played there. I know uh, Aidan Morgan had a had a great crack uh, in his game against uh, Moana, um, so it's a good opportunity for the Canes, I guess, at the moment to unearth the next number ten going forward for, you know, the next five, ten years. Um, just how good do you think Aidan Morgan could be? Because he really impressed me against Moana. Yeah, he's a good, good young kid. Um, obviously, very green, and and that's not his fault. He's a he's a young fella, and um, every every player that finds their way um, in Super Rugby um, takes time to learn and understand the game, and I guess learn from moments from experiences. And there's only one way to get experience, and that's to go through them. So um, he's a, he's a good, he's a good boy. I'm always willing to learn. Um, as we saw against Moana Pacifica, he's tough. He's he's not a very um, big fella, but takes on the line, um, gets in front on defence, and he's quality. I've enjoyed working with Aiden, um, Aiden this or the past couple of years. Um, I guess the the beauty about him is you know what you're going to get, and um, yeah, you can trust him. Hey, Jordy, just um, you know, up, up here, everyone's wondering how how's the conversation going with your brother Bodie, like. How how's he travelling, mate? Is he, you know, are we going to see Bodie back on a regular basis, or you know, is there something else going on behind the scenes that we're not not aware of? No, he's he's um he's trying to control as much as he can um, with his with his with his head knocks. He, he copped one last what was it, October or November last year against Ireland, and then yeah. it's to be fair, it's just. Your luck, really. He got into a into a unfortunate position. Um, for Tuli Pire a week weekend ago, and just copped one um, on the head. And I messaged him or called him that night, and he was more just worried about his neck. Um, and he had no concussion symptoms the following day. So um, I think he just used the two Moana Pacifica games this week to um, fall into his All Blacks rest week. Um, but I think we should expect to see him back um, this this weekend mm. for the Blues and throughout the season. So um, I think he's fine, mate. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good oh, to hear. Good. good to hear. Good to hear brotherly love there from Geordie uh, and Bodie Barrett. And even, uh, mate, quickly, just going to let you go shortly. I know you love your golf. The Masters. The Masters week. How excited are you? And who do you feel will take out the Masters at Augusta? Tiger? <laughs> Oh, very interesting week. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I've, got a, I've got a feeling um, John Rahm's about to pounce, eh? Um, he's been... hasn't been up to his usual standard the last um, last couple of months, but um, mm. you can't keep him down for too long. But it's um, interesting at the moment. There's a lot of lot of guys playing well. I'd love to be there. It, it just looks quality. Yeah, yeah, same. How's your golf? Same. I'd love to. 
No, I'm hacking it, mate. I'm hacking it. So there you go. There's your little window. How's your golf? You're off a scratch, aren't you? Um, I am at the moment somehow. Um, I'm going to stop sitting in my car and bringing it down. Mate, you're an absolute freak. I'll tell you the story. No, mate, you're you're an absolute freak. Played with Geordie Barrett down in Christchurch here. Played Pegasus, hole number one. If you've played Pegasus, par four. Anyway, Geordie Barrett bangs this driver straight to about a foot from the hole. Eagles hole number one. Birdies hole number two. And then goes on and just rips us Pegasus right in front of me. And I've been a member there for seven years and just destroys me. So, um, at what, at mate, what hole, Geordie, did, at what hole did Dagger um, pull a calf and have to pull out of the round? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think you actually beat me that day, Dagger, because you had your Bella Carver on and you're playing off about a 16 or 15 pickup <laughs> or whatever and beating some stable fish or something. <laughs> Whatever, mate. It's called not handing your car. That's called farming your handicap there, Geordie. You'll learn that, mate. You're still quite young. You're still quite young, mate. Hey, um, thanks so much for waking up. I know I was a bit worried about you last night because I've been your roommate, and, well, if I've seen anyone that can sleep, it's Geordie Barrett. Loves his sleep. So I uh, appreciate you waking up and, and coming on the show, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dagger. Thanks, Kempi. Cheers, guys. No worries, mate. Yeah, cheers. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, Geordie Barrett there with us on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. John Rahm paying 10 bucks at the moment on the Masters, so uh, get on. That's the Geordie Barrett pick. Uh, Geordie Barrett pick. Mm. Hey, um, we do have a Kennard's Hire phone line, of course, 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Keen to hear from you. Where do you want to see Geordie running around in a black jersey? Do you want a 1-2 on his back or do you want a 1-5 on his back? Let us know. 0800 150 811. Can you get your thoughts on the Kennard's Hire phone line? This is Baz and Easy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Maggie's Magnesium Range at Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from just $3.19. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Bears and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. That was Geordie Barrett. Great to have the young man on the show uh, reacting to yesterday's performance and talking a bit of golf and just chilling out. And gave us a wee update on uh, Bodie Barrett as well. Uh, looking after his head, hopefully see him back running around for the Blues very, very shortly. Right now it's time for our TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And while Paulie Moate is on the line and the Warriors won, so no doubt he would have got a hiding because the faithful... Would have been faithful and backed the Warriors to win. Paulie Moati, good morning. <laughs> morning, yes. Morning, boys. Morning, morning. Did you get a bit of? Did you get cleaned up, Paulie, or, or what? <laughs> my pockets are empty, but my heart is full. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that was that was good too. That was a good chat from you last week about the Warriors, mate. You told us what four times that you were full of the Broncos. You're taking off everything that they had, and mate, what about the people that put thirteen plus on the Warriors? There must have been a few of them. Well, to be fair, it's strange saying this, but. The Warriors winning 13 and over actually saved us in the winning team and margin book because uh, Warriors 1 to 12 was very, very well supported by punters. There were a few that got on the 13 and over, but the bulk of punters got on the Warriors to win by 1 to 12. So uh, by them winning by 14 points just saved us to, uh, saved us a wee bit. But um, no, punters were uh, too good for us there. The Warriors faithful, they were rewarded and rightly so. The Warriors played very, very well, uh, especially without the ball. Um, I, I was waiting for someone in the Broncos' backline to think, 
these wingers, these Warriors wingers keep coming in off their line. How about we miss out the centre and throw it straight to the winger? Uh, never, how I don't think it happened once. Um, so the Warriors played well, deserved the win. They're in the top eight. It's it's. <laughs> What's that saying? It's our season. It's our year. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. It's our year. It's our year. <laughs> and the Cowboys this week, Paulie, what are, you, what are the odds? What are they open up at already? Yep. Um, what have we got? We've got the Warriors' as slight outsiders there. Uh, they're $1.97. The Cowboys, $1.80. I know yes. where I'm going. <laughs> I know. I know where I'm going. Okay, you should, you should back the Cowboys, mate, because we'll, we'll, take, we'll take those two points for the Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will be. I will be. Don't worry, Kimpy. And I do. I heard you talking about the performance of the weekend. Uh, you left out the Australian women's cricket team. They were absolutely superb. Um, the favourites from the outset of the tournament. Uh, they just. Not only do they have the skills, I think mentally they're tougher than every other team in that uh, tournament. Alyssa Healy, Rachel Haynes. Uh, Elise Perry, Beth Mooney, Meg Lanning, they are just a super, one of the best cricket teams, men or women, to ever visit these shores. They were superb. Yeah, that's the performance of the month, not just the performance of the weekend, Paulie. Yeah, I could not agree more, Ricardo. They're just a, they were a brilliant team to actually watch. Um, and if you backed them at the start of the tournament, you were never in any trouble whatsoever. Beautiful. Paulie, have you got anything else for us before we let you go, bud? Uh, what else we got? We've got, oh yeah, we've got a couple of same game claims uh, on two basketball games today. Uh, what have we got? Toronto up against Miami and the LA Clippers take on New Orleans. So if you like your same game multis, we've got a same game claim on those two games today. Beautiful. Paulie Moati, uh, part of the TAB promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Thank you, Paulie. Have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. And uh, we're going to cross over to Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo and Kempi in alongside Izzy and uh, time for the results of your weekend choices poll. See your floor change in an instant with RoomView. The Choices Flooring RoomView program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. And uh, boy, it's, always, it's, it's a bit one-sided, to be honest. We've had a bit of love for the Warriors, uh, but not too much on the rugby. Everybody's in on Paul Cole as the performance of the weekend going back-to-back back in, uh, in, the, in the British Open. Izzy, you'd be happy with that? Yeah, uh, very happy, very happy. And uh, but you know, you gotta you gotta take your head off to the Warriors. But yeah, Colsey, he came on the show, and you can just see what it means to him. And look, he's got something, he's got something cooking at the moment that's uh, pretty special. And hopefully, he can get home shortly. He's home in June, and we can celebrate him because obviously, he's been away, kind of feels so far away, and you, n- you never really get to enjoy it and you know give him the accolades he deserves. So 
Um, yeah, he's on a heater at the moment, old Colsey. He's going well, mate. He's going well. Now we did ask mm. before the uh, before news and sport about uh, where you want to see Geordie playing in a, in a in a black and white jersey or a black jersey, as, mm. as the case may be. Uh, Mark did say he'd rather see him running around in a black and white jersey, eh, Kempi, <laughs> a Kiwi's jersey. Yeah, he looked good. <laughs> he did. He did. But uh, Brad said, like Geordie should be your twelve, ALB at thirteen, and Will Jordan at the back to pyre off the bench. Uh, he comes on for a winger and then Geordie to the back and Jordan to the wing. It's simple. That's according to Brad. I don't know if it's that simple, is it, Dagger? I mean, I think you got uh, well, Josh. Uh, you got Goodhue coming back uh, this month. You've got Braden Enor. You've got uh, Rico Iwani. You've got Lester Fanganuku. You've got RTS. Tuomasumanga Jensen's been pulling it up for the uh, for the Highlanders. Uh, you know, there's uh, a, you know Anton Leonard Brown as well. Quinto uh, Tupai. I think Alex Nankivell's had a great season. You could put him up in that mm. conversation, mate. There's so many midfielders at the moment that you could make an <laughs> argument for. There is, there is. I don't know if you um, said his name, but Jack Goodhue too, he's mm. come back from, from his injury. Um, mate, there's so much talent there. There's so much talent in that midfield and, and for us. And now Geordie Barrett's played there and plays extremely well. And I just love his directness. Like, he's so direct. His running lines are, are on point. He doesn't bulldoze players, but he can if he has to because he's such a big frame. But he actually runs really smart lines. Uh, there's a couple of times he ran like nice in shoulder line, inside shoulder lines and getting a weak shoulder on the inside and getting over the advantage line. So getting behind defensively, freakish. You know, you saw him put it on that hit. We had to make that read on uh, Nanai Satoru, made the right read and just smashed him behind the ball. So, look, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the All Black coaches want. You know, that, look, they've got Anton, who can play centre. He can play 12 as well. You've got Quintu Pai. You've got David Harvelli who had his best performance um, in that Chiefs game. And then, uh, obviously, we haven't spoke about that Friday night's performance uh, when the Highlanders nearly <laughs> tipped them up. But, you know, he's there or thereabouts. So, look, it'd be just interesting to see where they want to lead to, what kind of game they want to play. Do they want to play a direct game? Do they want their 12 to be, you know, real bulldozer and getting them up, putting them in the vantage line? Do they want to play a distri- distributing style of play? Do they want to play a dual playmaker where Geordie Barrett can actually kick to the corners? He can be another set of hands um so yeah that, that, that's kind of the question eh? We, what kind of style of footy do the all blacks want to play if they are going to beat the north who at the moment have the foot on the throat uh with the all blacks i, I think also what you know one of the things the all black selectors will be thinking about too is who's the best defender next to richie Monga. so mm. you know it's not just about attack it's about who can make the quality decisions in and around um, Richie Mwonga because it, he'll definitely get traffic sent his way. Um, so yeah. you'd, you'd want people around him that were, you know, making him feel safe or know that, you know, they're, they're going to be called on to make those defensive decisions um, on probably more occasions than, it, um, than others. And, and, you know, maybe it is a Geordie Barrett that, that is solid mm-hmm. in the way that he's thinking. You know, it's, what you, it's sort of like a, oh, you know, it's more like you need a smart second five, you know what I mean? You need a smart second five, eight, um, more or mm. less than just a, a crash ball type player. That's my thoughts on that so, one. So f- for me, I, I feel like, you know, the old days, we kind of knew exactly who 19, 12, 13, 14, 15, 11 is, you know? Right mm. now we've got so many options. We don't know who is going to play where. Like at the moment, like you, you've got probably two names that you could cement in that back line. You've probably got Geordie Barrett and you've got Will Jordan. They've got to be there somewhere. The other ones, I, I'm just not really Nuggy. sure what the what they're thinking. Uh, yeah, Aaron Smith, definitely nine, hundred percent. He'll play nine. So there's three there. Ten, 
you got Richie Moonga and Bowden Barrett. And probably even Stephen Perofeta putting mm. his hand up and playing some solid rugby for a, for a third option. So I just, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of question marks throughout that back line that you're thinking, okay, who should have, would have, could have, who can play there? Um, ten. Ten is the big one. Like, who who is our ten? Yeah. Who was who our team, Kempe? Who would you pick? I'd put Richie Mawonga there at the moment, you know, given that Geordie, mm. Geordie uh, sorry, Bowden isn't back playing on a regular basis. There's still some, yep. a lot of water to go under the bridge, but, you know, Richie Mawonga's proven at that at that level. And, um, mm. I, you know, I think he's got that one. I, I know what you're saying about Puro Feta and that he's, he's playing all right this year, but if you're looking at a 10, you know, do you, mm. put, do you put Damien McKenzie in there as a backup? Um, do you just go with Moonga? I, I think he's got got it down. Um, and yeah, we'll just wait and see if Bodie comes back. And you know, having Bodie mm. and Moonga, they're probably the two best tens to have in the side. It's interesting, yeah, actually, that, yeah. that, that conversation. Uh, D Max's name hadn't come up until you just mentioned it there. I wonder if he's, you know, mate, stay in Japan. Yesterday's man, I don't know where he fits. Oh, look, I think Japan too is a bit of a worry for the for the um, the All Black side. I think the players go over there and. They get a little bit comfortable. They lose a little bit of body shape, mm. you know. And and when you get these northern hemisphere teams coming down here, I tell you what, if you're lacking in a little bit of physical size and and maturity, um, because you've gone up there and you had a bit of, you know, too much ramen and 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 noodles, um, <laughs> you're going to struggle, mate. Yeah, he's playing for Suntory over in Japan, and, and you all know what he's absolutely killing it, old D Mac. He's killing it because Japan, you know, that he's it's a small man's game. He's mobile. He's defensively really sound, and I uh, wouldn't be surprised if he stays over there and makes a big buck because he has got some hype over in Japan at the moment. And uh, yeah, that is a name. Be interesting to see if he comes back. I'm pretty sure he will. I'm pretty sure he'll try and come back and test his arm and try and get into that World Cup team because of what unfolded the last World Cup when he got that big horrific knee injury. Um, but yeah, be interesting to see what he what he gets gets up to. Great chat, lads. Um, we're going to talk a bit about Warriors when we come back with Kempi because. Well, they had a great win on the weekend, and can they go back-to-back? That'll be the question. Back shortly, you listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yes, you listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We've got Ricardo Ball and Tony Kemp on the show for you today with me, Izzy Dag. And, well, we're going to open up the phone lines, the Kennards High phone lines, 0800-150-811, giving you the chance to react to today's show or anything you want to ask the team here on the show. So we've got Bruce on the line, and he wants to talk a bit of Geordie Barrett. Morning, Bruce. Good morning, Israel. <clears throat> I, morning. I agree with your comments about um, Will Jordan and Woody Barrett. They're both X-Factor personified. If they've mm. got the space and if they're allowed to play and if the team plays mm. that way. So there's a, lot, there's a hell of a lot of ifs. The All Blacks also need to have a, to be going forward, they need to have a, a very competitive forward mm. pack. Because in the past, yep. our losses last year, they they couldn't play enough rugby because they didn't have enough ball. They got pressured yep. out of it. They got run over by bigger, stronger guys. So there's a there's a lot of lot of planning there. And I want the All Blacks simply to play more rugby when they can. I want them to mm. play. Not just to kick the ball 50-50 up in the air all the time. I, I, I'm so over that as a as the default um, tactic. That should be mm. occasionally, um, you know, uh, intelligently placed, those kicks. Not 
not two thirds mm. of your play, as far as I'm concerned. I want them to play more depth to create more gaps, to find mismatches. But it, you know, there's a lot of it, and yeah, there is. There, it's great. It's great to have a lot of fit players at the moment, but mm. when they start hitting international teams, you know what it's like is they get smashed occasionally. <clears throat> so yeah, for sure, for sure. Some, so, so with the Ford pack, you know. With the Ford pack, where where do you think we need to add more value, or where do you think we need to change? Do you think with personnel change, a style of play, um, with with how we're playing as a Ford pack, what are you thinking? Well, we I've always thought in the last geez, I don't know, ten, fifteen years, our skill factor has probably been mm. about the best in the world. All right. The yep. roaming uh, Lucy, the, the Frizzells. Uh, look at Ethan Blackadder, how well he's playing now. He is getting, mm-hmm. he's a strong boy and he's growing confidence-wise. There are some, and then the Highlanders with a couple of players they brought in. Uh, I think that style of play, you know, the Kirkpatricks and the Meads, how they used to be, hold the ball mm-hmm. and if you've got to go to ground, you go to ground, recycle. And, you know, I, I want to see that sort of rugby. And they, they can play it. Because if you're forced to make yeah. 70, 80, 100 tackles in a half, you've lost your energy, mm. you've lost your chance. By the time you get to the second half, you have, you, you're buggered and you haven't got, you know, you, you can't play the way you want to love play. It. I want them to play more rugby love in it, the Bruce. first half. I love That's it, me. Bruce. Hey, quickly, before we let, before we let go, <clears> where do you want Geordie? Where, do, where yeah. would Geordie play? Um, oh, he's thinking. He's thinking. Well, either way, I want them to get. I want them to get the ball. I want them to be used. That's not, not quickly, Bruce. Yeah. That's not quickly. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an answer. Number number twelve. Number twelve. Ah, he's okay, going twelve. Jordan's 12. <laughs> okay. Will Jordan's 15, Geordie Barrett at 12, yep. and he's made a statement. The Fords need to be more mobile, more uh, productive with how they use the ball. This rough tag, water boy, mate. I'll be slow to the to get in them hydrated, I'll tell you that, mate. Brucey, thank you so much for your call, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll, we'll get back again during the week. Thank you so much. Good to talk, boys. There he goes. He's very, very passionate. Before then, we've got to get off to... To Dino, because we we love getting Dino on. He's always passionate. He tries to have a wee dab, stab at something. Here, Geordie Barrett at 12. Dino, good morning. How you getting on? Yeah, very good, very good, mate. Uh, Geordie Barrett, 12, 15, what do you got? Oh, I've been saying for two years. I think, to be brutally honest, but at 12, I'd be happy with that. I think David Harvilli's skill set pretty damn good for 12 too, like against those Northern Hemisphere teams, I want someone that's not shy to slam over a drop kick to win it by two so he, I don't know like he's got to stay 12 or 13 for me, Will Jordan will be possibly one of the best fullbacks we've ever seen so we've got to give him the whole backfield to play with, and as for Artie Savia mate, like that's Zinzan Brookie this guy loved that, gee I was jumping up and down at the pub I couldn't believe it, they told me to sit down and shut up I'm watching you clown <laughs> Oh, that was, that was, give me the ball. Give me the ball. The World Cup was tomorrow, and Zinzan Brook was at number eight, and Geordie Barrett's at 12, and I don't know, 13, maybe Roger. I don't, we need a distributing centre. I've seen those passes from Geordie 
that we've got always had the best outside three in world rugby, in my belief. We've got to have someone at 13 that can give it to them. Now, Rico is an outstanding 11. They put him back there. I'm getting sick of watching. The, I reckon the Blues have gone better the last two weeks without him, to be brutally honest. The ball's gone wider. They've looked better. It's only my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I like, like it. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Tony, Brown, Tony Brown leaving an all-black prop on the bench, exactly why Southampton don't come watch anymore. You know, like, Ethan wants to get into those Crusaders front rowers. He wants to prove he's better than them. He can't do that in the grandstand. And Shelby Ricketts, mm. he's one for the future, I reckon. He's the Maori go-to line-out ball catcher. Unfortunately, the best hooker in the country is throwing the damn thing's gone to Japan. But he's in the grandstand. How do you win games from the grandstand? Oh, it's a great call. I love it, Ethan. The group on the bench, mate. Yeah, you're very you're on the money there, particularly with uh, with the Blues, how they're playing extremely well, and that that's always been my question marks over Rico's game is his distribution, ball in hand, freakish. But uh, when there's an opportunity for a three on two overlap, that is my only question marks, and I think you're on the money there, Uh, Dino. Thank you so much for your call, mate. Passionate as always. Appreciate it. There you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how, I know Kempi was fizzing up before Izzy, but that Artie Savier, when he took that tap and go to make it 27 30, mm. you look at that and you go, oh, he's wasted in rugby, he should be playing NRL. He's, he's a beast, <laughs> Artie Savier. <laughs> oh, but what, what happens if you put Izzy, what happens if you put Artie Savier in the Crusaders? Um. Or they win, what, how many is it now? Seven, double, eight, <laughs> nine, ten in a row? Probably. <laughs> That's I wonder, what happens, I wonder mate. why players don't think like that. You know what I mean? It's a, it's, mm. you know, it's a Simon Mannering project, isn't it? You know, like, I'm so loyal that I'm just going to start this club and not win anything. Whereas, you know, if he was at Melbourne, he would have won eight premierships. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it, I mean, it's this guy, I mean, I don't, you know, you're probably mates with him, is he? so I don't, don't want to speak out of turn, but, you know, for me, Caleb Ralph was one of the most underwhelming All Blacks ever, but he was only in the team because mm. he was on the end of that Crusaders back line, you know? He got made to look good mm. every week because of who he had playing in, inside him. Don't know, uh, don't know I'm from Bar Soap, but um, from what I've heard, mate, absolute champion off the field. So there you go. We'll share some stories in the WhatsApp group, eh? Look forward to it. <laughs> um, anyway, coming up, we're going to have a wee chat with Smithy. Is Smithy back today? No. Sam Hewitt. Ah, oh, huh. Sam Hewitt. Okay, Smithy Sam Hewitt. Junior, holding mate. The Smithy Jr. Smithy, <laughs> Smithy finished work yesterday. Yesterday. Travel Smithy. day, mate. Hopefully Travel we'll day. Get back Tuesday. Travel day. Anyway, so really coming up, we're going to have a t- we chat to uh, Sam Hewitt for our sleep on it. Courtesy of the team at Temper. Back shortly. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.